going to ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good. Social dynamics, relationships. That's like a shot of a dick. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here. And welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken directly from the YouTube live streams, which are currently going down each week, Monday mornings, 10 a.m. Australian Central Time. I'd love to have you in the live sesh. These days, they've turned into these full-on classes. You know, we call them podcasts, but they're really classes in which that I throw questions back and forward with the live viewers and we get the personal context of each person in there. And everyone just seems to grow a lot more nowadays because of it. I love it. Uh, Anything on the world of human interactions, what we cover could be dating, relationships, social dynamics, family relationships, business relationships, things going down in high school, uni, anything that touches the world of these human beings, we seem to touch in social Q&A. So head over to the Bowl YouTube channel and I'll catch you guys currently on Monday mornings. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip each week, just a free email right in your inbox, updating you on what went down on social Q&A live this week, the recap, what other videos went out, what other awesome things are going on in the world? What other additions to the resources of wisdom in terms of books, films, docos, anime, quotes, music, all the things that get added to the resource of wisdom? I update you through this email so you never miss out on any of that. And also it's just a way of me staying connected with you guys in between our live sessions together. So go ahead if you are interested. Every Friday, I send it out. It's free. Boldojo.com. Sign it up. By the way, if you feel like you have not received your email on the Friday, just check your promotions folder in Gmail or your junk spam folder if you're using anything else uh, because it's likely in there. Even when I receive my own email, it still gets every day to get put in promotions. Now, for those of you who are looking to dive into some deeper educational content and level up your performance in this life, we can pick up the guided meditation, Eternal Energy, over on boldojo.com, featuring five tracks that will help you to dive deeper into who you are and evolve beyond. All the reviews have said that it's something that they constantly come back to, that it's something that they will work through and that it's more of a course than an actual guided meditation. Many have also said, Adam, why are you not charging what it's worth? Many have said, I was willing to pay $100 for this and it's because I wanted to make it as accessible as possible. So that it's there if you are the type of person who is aware and conscious enough to want to look at yourself for all that you are and improve so. Got a meditation, eternal energy. Go get you some. Also, send me a review once you're done as well. I'd love to hear your feedback. Now, moving up from there, if you would like to dive into one-on-one coaching in which that we destroy your limiting beliefs and construct real action plans to help you perform in your life, whether it be purpose, physical, mental, or social development, anything that touches the temple. Even if you want to go up to the inner garden and dive into real ideas of your existence, we can go there as well. I often do. However, it's completely customizable to you. We have one-off sessions. You can go to boldoja.com, book a once-off over 30, 45, or 60 mins, just test the waters, and that'll give you a vibe for it. However, if, and what I do recommend, if you're serious about your development, you can dive into the bold coaching memberships, in which there are three different tiers, silver, gold, and diamond, which offer different levels of benefits that once-offs 
definitely do not get, such as priority messaging. If you wish to have access to my private WhatsApp number and get a response from me within 24 hours outside of Australian weekends, you're going to have to be on a membership for that. And that's something that my clients benefit from tremendously and use tremendously. Also, if you want to step up another level of membership and want to get priority bookings, for those of you who don't live in Australia and struggle to get your time slot in, maybe you're two, three weeks out on the waiting list, well then priority bookings are there to ensure that you get your time preferred slot and that you get booked in over lower tier memberships and once-offs. Now, I'll be here all day if I have to describe every benefit of every tier. So if you are interested, just go to boldoja.com. In the products menu, you can find Bold Coaching memberships and you can dive in yourself. If you have any questions, just slide me an email. There are contact email forms on pretty much every page of the website and we can work it out from there if you are truly committed to developing yourself. Moving forward, if you would like to directly support this podcast, you can do so in two ways, either by going to boldojo.com directly. In the Boldojo podcast menu on the homepage, there is a direct donate link that goes straight through the website if you want to use your credit card, for example. However, if you would like to go through PayPal because that's your uh, that's your shit, <laughs> sure, fine. Doesn't bother me. PayPal as well. PayPal.me forward slash A-D-A-M O-O-I. My full name, Adam Ui. You can donate through PayPal directly as well. Either way, whatever you guys do donate to help support the show. Uh, I know a lot of you like to donate live in the live social Q&As. That's also most appreciated. However you want to do it, it just, it all goes to supporting this, this awesome thing we've got going on between you and I. So I thank you for anything that you have donated or will donate in the future. It really does mean the world to me. Thank you very much. Now, of all that being said, Let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yes, sir. Let's go. Emotionally? Sure, emotionally. <laughs> Comes and it goes. So we talk about some very deep, dark shit, really gets to know each other on the way down to the gardens. However, however, of course, as I said before, uh, we don't just give up and we don't allow the sexual energy to stay turned off. If it has to turn off for a certain brief moment of time or a moment of time to get to know each other in some very deep moments that really just doesn't require sexual energy, that's okay. But don't turn it off altogether. This is just the beginning of the day. So we get down to the gardens and I completely flip switch in that now all of a sudden I just completely change the topic of the stuff we were talking about, start making jokes about the guy smoking pot <laughs> down by the benches under these, these giant trees and no one seems to give a fuck. And there's just all these giant trees everywhere and we're just, uh, we're just talking shit, talking mad shit, telling her how she was telling me about how she's really into rugby. And my listen, I don't know anything about sports, but if you talk to me about elbows, fists, knees, anything UFC, we can talk all day. And so we start making, we start just talking about lighthearted shit now as we're back on track. We get down to the classic, classic for my boys in Adelaide and anyone's Adelaide, my girls, well, the Lily Pond, just Classic, but I often don't go to this point on the lily pond. I always like to mix it up though. We go to a bench that's probably about 20 meters back from the lily pond. You can see the giant tree, lily pond. It's absolutely beautiful. Just so so calm, so peaceful. The storm subsided. There was no storm anymore. It was cloudy-ish, but there's sun coming through and it's just nice. So I sit down on the bench. She sits down. I put my initial D shirt down. There's like half a, there's like half a meter in between us, maybe. No, no, not even that much. Like a quarter of a meter in between us. And I just really get chill. And I really just start to, now with her, let's get back to what we were here for. I'm a man. You're a woman. Let's see if we connect. Let's turn the sexual energy back on. For you guys in our podcast right now, it's the EVC. It's the eyes. It's the vocals. And it's the touch. But of course, I'm not thinking that. This is just things that you'll naturally do when you want to create a sexual spark. 
So we're down there. We're down there on the bench and we're side by side. I've kind of just got my arms back behind me, not around her, but just back behind me. But as we start to talk more and more about it's we started to talk about past sexual partners. Uh, she started to bring up how she actually hasn't had that many sexual partners. I brought up how I've never actually been with a MILF that had kids. I've been with older women, but not older women that had kids. And so we start talking about this and the conversation starts to take a turn in that direction. And then all of a sudden it just feels right. So I just my initial D bag was in the way. So I moved my initial D bag out and I just moved my body side to side by her and just put my arm around the back of her. Not literally suction tight because I want to see how she responds to it. It's like I move my body close enough that there's probably about, I don't know, 10, like what? What's that like 10 centimeters, maybe 10 centimeters worth of space between us. And because what that allows is to see, is she going to respond? Is she going to try and come closer to me? All right. Graduation of physical touch, really easy. Just move closer to her, move closer in, put my arm around the back of the bench, not around the back of her, but just around the back of the bench. Again, a child would be happy with this. Uh, Even though the sexual energy between us has very high from the beginning, that doesn't mean you need to skip gears. This is a big, big mistake. If you're with a girl who's super hot in sexual energy, do not skip gears. And what skip gears means is rush the sexual pace. So in the same way you can rush the sexual pace with an ice turtle shell like Kayla in skipping gears or just completely obliterate yourself and give up altogether, the same problem exists on, and this very same problem exists on the other end of the spectrum that you might get into a rushed mentality of now, okay, she's like super hot into her now, so let's just go straight into make out. Let's go straight into feeling each other up. But no, don't skip gears. Always work through the gradual process. Part of the reason why for this, if not because you're going to blow her out, and that's something we've talked about in past podcasts. A lot of girls who are very hot in sexual energy, especially if they're really attracted to you, will allow you to skip gears because they just they really want you. They really want you to be on them, in them, but, but they're not ready yet, but they let it happen anyway. So you can blow her out if you try and skip the gears too fast. You blow yourself out. The fear of inadequacy. The fear of, if you start thinking in your mind, oh, should I just fucking make out now? Should I start putting my fingers inside her now? You know, moves that are way further away than where you're comfortable right now because of where you are in the day. But just because she's giving you the vibe that she would be okay with that doesn't mean you should do that. The graduation of the process means that you eliminate the fears. The graduation of physical touch and sexual spark is not just so that you can get a read for the other person. It's so that you can lull yourself in. Uh, this, if there's anything that I still have to check myself in on this day, it's not skipping gears because I can get ahead of myself. Being high end of sexual appetite and high end of sexual energy, I can get ahead of myself and skip gears and can fuck with my head and most of the time fucks with her head. And also more so when I say fucks with her head, she, what I was, what I said before about how she'll let it happen, but she won't be in sync with it. So the orgasm won't happen. It's, you need to gradually put each other through it, regardless of how hot you are from the beginning. So get my body 10 centimeters, just scoot over on the bench, see what she does. She scoots right in. She gets suction tight. Beautiful. Great reception of physical, uh, sexual spark being connected. Physical is being connected. My arm was around the back of the bench, but now if that's connected, now that I can put my arm around her, it's around her shoulder now. From here, as we're looking out onto the lily, onto the lily pond, the great botanics in front of us, 
from here, take time. Take time. Still talking the shit. Still just pondering out. Just it's deep, soulful staring out into the distance. But what's a really nice gradual touch from here? Just gonna play over here. Just gonna play over here. If my hand's right there, gonna play over here. Start massaging the back of her neck. Little thumb action on the back of the neck. Start playing over here. Start running my hand up and down the curvature of her neck to her trap. Grip the shoulder to squeeze her shoulder. Just feel, like feel in a sensual way that's not too aggressive, it's not too much, but just just play. It's just play. See what she does. How does she respond? She starts putting her hand down my leg. Just rubbing the inside of my leg, dragging her fingernails up and down the side, the inside of my leg. At first, kind of mid-leg, and then as it start within probably about 10 seconds, inner, inner, top, inner of the leg, basically a hair away from my balls. Just right there, just rubbing in and out of there. Of course, at this point, I'm, bas- I'm hard as a rock. I can feel it. I can feel her, the way that we're talking is now the vocals have naturally adjusted in which that, because I'm playing with the back of her neck. I'm massaging, I'm playing with her hair. She's rubbing the inside of my leg. If we were talking chop before and talking at a regular talking pace, you know, but now all of a sudden it's like interspersed, just like with Kayla, interspersed with large periods of silence. Whenever someone says something, it's always responded with by silence. And whatever we do say, deep, from my perspective, deep tonality. So, so she'll be like, as she's rubbing the inside of my leg very close to my balls, she goes, so what is it that you actually do? Her voice gets very gentle, very soft, very sultry. And then I'm like, take a bit of a pause. And I just, I help people interact better with other people. And so now there's a lot of interspersed pause in between the sentence. Why? Because I'm more concerned with massaging her neck, feeling her rub the inside of my leg. And so it's like you, you can't even form words as fast, even if you wanted to. But so the vo- what's that now? Two lights are checked on. Verbal light checked on, touch light checked on. We just need some eyes. I hadn't had a lot of eye contact before because we're sitting side by side on the bench. It's very hard to, to get eyes in that position. So- as a typical Mr. Nice Guy would do, he would do, what would he do? He would keep it there. He would not shift the gears up, even though we're both very much in a space where it needs to be shifted up. He would just rest on there, turn the engine off there. 19-year-old Adam would have just turned the engine off there. Like, this is fucking heating up real quick. By the way, we've only been on this first date for 15 minutes, maybe, at this point. And the energy is roaring, absolutely roaring. It's very sexual. The way that our voice voices change, the touch that's happening. But I still haven't got a final check that I definitely need and that she definitely needs, which is I need to connect with her eyes. I need to go into her eyes. She needs to go into mine. So we can't just keep it here. So we're not going to keep it here. We're not going to ride out the rest of the day here. We've got so much more of an adventure to go on. So I'm like, all right, let's go for a walk. Very deep, very sultry again. Let's go for a walk. I get up. Take it by the hand. Now, as we're walking, hands around, hands around her shoulder, my arms around her shoulder, because she's a little bit shorter than me, not much, but just a little bit. And and we're walking through. Things are distracting me. The lily pads distracting me. I break off for a second. Come back to her. Go into the hot house. We go into the hot house, which has a giant Amazon Amazon lilies in there, I think, as well. But it's like giant pond, and it's hot with these Amazon plants. But there's a reflection 
off the water that looks up into the sky. So it's like looking into the sky when you look into the water. I peer over and just stare into this reflection, pure reflection. I get her to do the same. And her head just pops up next to me. And we're just staring deep, getting into that vibe. We walk on from there because actually I probably was, I was actually just about to kiss her then and there. But a whole bunch of people walked in and I'm just like, ah, well, there's a better spot than this then. So I take her out, out the back of the hothouse. We turn left. We go into, for those of you who have been to the Adelaide Botanic Gardens, you know the, the archway that has the gravel stones. It's like that typical fairy tale archway that goes for like 100 meters and it's got vines all over it and you can walk under the arches. You know that, that part of the Botanic Gardens, but then you go left and there's a giant opening. There's a giant clearing surrounded by uh, giant Morden Bay figs. It's got the jungle, like huge, 100 foot, 150 foot trees that are like deep green jungle, like black dark trunks. But then there's a giant rectangular clearing. It's huge. It's like the size of a, not a football field, but maybe half, maybe a quarter to half a football field. It's a lot of space. And there's these awesome, massive, they're not oak trees. I can't, I don't know what the species of the tree is, but imagine something between an oak tree and a gum tree. Huge though. Like, the width of these trees is half the size of this room. They're huge, but they're interspersed. There's maybe like seven or eight of them. They they sky, they tower into the sky. You just, they, the leaves are there, so beautiful, but there's not so many of them that you can't see the sky. So we walk into this clearing. Next to us is a family who's just doing family tings. Right? Mom, dad, couple of kids. There's no one else though, except for in the middle of the clearing, which is probably about 50 meters up. There's a circle of just old people getting after it. There's a circle of old people standing around, probably about 20 of them, and a camera. There's a camera, a professional camera as well, like a like it almost almost looks like a broadcast camera. It's not, but it's got a giant microphone on it. And it's 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 a legitimate, I would dare say it was either a cinema, red cinema camera, something like that, maybe a red, but it's a legitimate camera. And there's like it's like old people dressed up in spiritual clothes. And they're just standing around in a circle. And so we've got like, I've got my my jumper, my initial D bag. She's got a trench coat and her bag and stuff. So we walk into this clearing, which is just fucking magical. The sun's beaming through. You got this, it's, it's a little bit cold, but it's not too windy, but it's just magical. We put our, we put our shit down and I say, let's just, let's just watch these old people. We're, we're still like 50 feet back. This is a big space, but we go into bear hug. So I take her by the hand, I pull her around in front of me, and I go wrap my arms around her. Again, hand on her heart, one hand around the other. She's gripping my hands. <clears throat> and we're just standing in the direction of looking directly, directly staring at these old people getting after it in this circle. Now, when I say getting after it, they were just standing around at first, and they looked at us and we waved, but... But what they then proceeded to do was some just fucking lit dancing. Like they were just dancing around in the way old people dance, uh, having a time, having an absolute time. And so to anyone else, it looked like Anna and I were just watching the show. That's not what we were doing. When we were standing there, bear hug, I was in my Tim's. She was in, uh, I think she had flats on actually. But she had a, she had a, uh, she still had her trench coat on and a sexy red dress underneath. But when I bear hugged her, you know, I could feel that she wasn't wearing a bra because, you know, like my hands 
had to had to come up. And you can feel when a girl's wearing a bra, just because when you go to grip in a bear hug, you can feel if there's something that pushes hard underneath your forearms. But it wasn't. It was straight soft. So she wasn't even wearing a bra, which I hadn't noticed at first. But as soon as I bear hugged her, she just immediately let go. Just full entire body just let go back into me. There was no need for me to signal that to her. Like I had to do with Kayla. I had to signal that kind of extra tension to just say, hey, let go. You know, I didn't need to do that. She just immediately let go. So she's saying their bear hug, her her body is grinded up against mine. It's like she can feel how hard I am and she's trying to push her ass up against my cock. She can feel it. And she knows what she's doing. She's trying to do it. She's she's shifting it back and forward. She's moving it side to side. And at the same time, as I'm there, I do with her, she's completely let all the tension in her neck go the way that I'm doing now and just let it go limp against my head. So my head's essentially, and my sh- my neck is supporting her head. And my body, for the most part, is supporting her body as she's grinding her ass back into, into everything. And yeah, this is all while we're just standing there watching. There's a family behind us and there's old people fucking getting after it in front of us at the 50 feet in front of us. And we're just standing in the very open. There's nothing blocking any of you at all. From here, vocal tone, of course, clicks in again, completely shifts, shifts gears again. Just a lot of silence, a lot of staring. We're not really trying to watch the old people. We're just staring out into the open sky, looking at these giant trees as we're body to body, as I can feel her body, her ass grinding up against me. And I've got my arms around her. And she's starting to, every time I talk into her ear, she gets like quivers. She goes like, "Uh." it's like, I can feel it in her body. Her body shakes a little bit as I just kind of talk like this into her ear. And as she's got her neck leaning back, she starts to close her eyes. She starts to close her eyes. And as she closes her eyes, you can imagine her neck's leaning on mine, which means I can put my lips to her neck as I turn my head in to her neck. And so I just start talking into her neck. And her eyes go, she shuts her eyes. She leans, she completely opens her neck up. And as if she's going into a trance, says like, I, I love it. I love it when someone just breathes on my neck. I love it when someone breathes on my neck. And this is as I'm kind of buried in her neck. And remember, she's I'm hard as a rock. She's grinding her ass into the back of me, in, grinding her ass into me. And she's going into this really sexual trance right here. Like she's completely let go. We're completely oblivious to anyone that's watching or seeing what's going on here. And I, I oblige, I completely take suit. And so I just, I start licking her neck. I start running my tongue up and down her neck. A little gentle kiss here and there, but not much. Just a little bit. I did it for maybe two, three seconds. And as soon as I touched her neck with my tongue, she just let out a moan. She's like, ah. She's like, ah. And, and again, her eyes are closed, completely leaned back. She's got her left arm is up around the back, grabbing my neck. It, it looks like we're having standing sex. That's literally what it looks like. <laughs> and so this, again, we're only really half an hour maximum. I'd say probably 20 minutes, 20 to 25. It only took 10 minutes to get there. 20, 25 minutes into this first day. 
in this open giant forest clearing with these giant massive trees, all people getting lit, dancing in front of us, having the time of their lives, family behind us. And it's like we're having standing sex. That's basically what is happening here. But I turn off the tap. I turn off the tap and I start to fuck with her because this is when I like to play games. Like playing games in a good way in which that, no, don't, don't lose a handle yet, Anna. Don't lose a handle yet. We're not there yet. So I only licked her neck just a little bit, only touched a little bit, and then just went back to fucking shooting the shit. One Punch Man style. Make a big moment small. Start looking into the sky, talking some shit, not talking much at all, but kind of just turn the energy down a little bit. She receives, she understands, she, she gets what's happening. And, and uh, yeah, we, so we, we stood there for about 10 to 15 minutes, I would say, which is a long time for two people in the middle of the open doing what they were doing to be standing there. And the old people in their dancing ring kept looking at us like really strange, like, why are you guys so interested in us and yet you're not willing to come over? Because we were quite a far distance back because we didn't give a fuck about them. We were there for us. It's just that- Because you might be thinking, why did I choose that spot to ignite this sexual flame on a very aggressive level based on where we were previously at? Because we haven't actually kissed yet. The reason why I chose that spot was purely because that's where we landed. It's like, I didn't intend to stay there for 15 minutes. It's just that when we landed there and she completely just let the canister go, just unwinded, at least unleashed, let go and just turned her sexual femininity up to a straight 10 and her sexual energy up to a straight 10. It's like, why, why do I need to move? Why would I go behind a tree? Why would I try and readjust this? It's like, fuck it. If they want to watch us grinding each other, they want to watch me licking your neck, fine. Like, I don't give a shit. It's like, fine. So that's why it was there. After 10 to 15 minutes passed by, as I'm still in the bear hug position and she's still in my arms, completely leaning back on me, I just use my top hand, my left hand, which is around her, to just push her cheek and her chin towards me, which of course you guys know what that infers, which is I'm going to kiss you. And so I push her chin in towards me and I very, very slowly, as she looks down to my lips, very slowly, as if butterfly wings on butterfly wings, just the slowest and smoothest kiss for but a second. And it's like fireworks. She's like, it's like electricity. But break it off immediately. It's like, this is just to let her know, like, hey, I haven't forgotten. I haven't forgotten. And then, so, and then completely break, then completely break off and go, all right. Anyways, uh, I can feel some shit dripping down my leg, but let's walk. <laughs> and that's what I literally said. And she goes, don't worry, I feel it's some shit as well. And so it's like, you go from this extreme raw sexual energy to just back to normal shit and being funny about it, and getting back to just chilling with each other, establish a little more connection. One Punch Man in prime. Make the big moment small, the small moment big. So we pick up our shit, we walk past the old people, and I notice a giant pocket of sun that there wasn't shining on us before. And it's like, oh, we could easily rug in sun here. But my rug's not with me. I've got to go back to the car. The car's about a 15-minute walk down the river. I have to go to the river. And so I say to her, hey, listen, oh, should I drop? Should I leave you here? No, you come with me. So we walk back to my car. It's a 15 minute walk and we just shooting the shit. I'm arms around her. We're having fun, making jokes. Sexual energy just gets, if it was a 10 before, gets turned back down to like a six, six or seven. All right. We get to my car, get the rug, which is my Himalayan rug. It's magic. It's Himalayan rug. It's so soft. And we take it back. We walk back to the botanics. However, we don't go back to that same spot. We go to 
the most magical spot in the Botanic Gardens for secluded deep bubble isolation, which is if you've been to the gardens, it's where all the weddings happen on the riverbank. So there's a river that runs through the backside of the Botanic Gardens. It's like a shallow river and it's got like a, this fairy tale bridge that goes over it. And it's like, it's a river bank. There's, there's grass that banks the two sides of the stone river. It's like a stone river, two banks of grass. They're not very steep, but they're steepish. Like it's like a 45 degree angle each side, kind of like that river. On one side, on the far side, there's an actual wedding. Please keep this in mind. This is for the rest of the story because I might forget to say it. There's a wedding going on. Now, it's not the actual ceremony. I think the ceremony finished ages ago. This was just like the the chill after the ceremony. But there's still, everyone's in their suits. I think the bridal party had gone off to go take their photos, but there's a lot of guys in suits, a lot of kids, a few girls hanging around. But there's a wedding ceremony on the other side, on the far side of the riverbank. As we walk up the riverbank, because we want to walk past them to go down it to get into our own little bubble, we walk to the very end and there's like a dead end. There's, there's a clearing as you go up the riverbank, riverbank, a small clearing where there's a bench and that's where we put our rug. It's like a little semicircle, if you will. As you go up the riverbank, little semicircle of plants and a bench behind it. And there's the rest of the garden and people walk behind you behind that. But then a little bit further beyond that, it's kind of like a dead end. There was one group of people down the other end. They they were not nearly in earshot, though. They were like f- at least 40, 50 meters away. And their backs were to us as well, only just inside. So here we go. That's the, and you need to understand this. So from our perspective, we're up high on the riverbank with plants and trees at our back. Put the rug down. I put the rug down. There's a... From our perspective, the wedding party is on our diagonal right, down and across the riverbank, probably 100 meters, maybe, no, maybe not 100, 70 to 80 meters down. Another group of people on our diagonal left, about 50 meters down, okay? That's the setup. This is where we are. It's beautiful. The sun's shining down. It's, it's cool. It's a cool temperature. By, we're getting the cooler weather, but the sun's shining down. I put the rug down. I lie down. And of course, then I first heard a lie down. And I immediately put my arm around her as we lie down. I'm on the right side. She's on the left. Okay. I need to just get some water for what's about to happen. (laughs) You just don't even know. This is the first time I'm really breaking it down myself. I've been trying to break it down for the last couple days to get it right for this session. So I'm going to just tell the story for the next part rather than break it down. We'll break it down afterwards because this is too, it's too aggressive what's about to happen for me to keep stopping it, to break down lessons. So, so I lie down on the rug, put my arm around her. She took her trench coat off for this, uh, just revealing that sexy red dress underneath her. She's not wearing a bra. And uh, yeah. And so I'm lying down there, my arms lying down flat, arms around her, which means she's inside my chest. Her head's lying down on my chest. I've got my arms, my arm is above my head, kind of supporting my head, my right arm. And I grabbed her hand. So her hands are above her head as well. We're just fully stretched out, fully relaxed. We're playing with each other's hands. Playing with each other's hands. She moves her top leg inside mine. So I'm lying flat 
and she moves her body so it's not it's almost she's laying on her side but so that she's got her leg inside mine and just moving her leg up and down inside my left leg from here i turn into her and with my left hand just pull her in and we just start the make out i just start kissing her deep it's the first time we had our first this is the first proper make out and it's just from the very moment we start kissing, it's so much energy, so much energy just built up because of that moment we had back with the old people dancing. And we were, we both knew, we both already knew. And so I didn't, nothing needed to be said, nothing needed to be done. I just, just pulled her in and we just started making out. She's a great kisser, great kisser. We're both in the same alignment. It's just, it's, I've got just, if I, I was already, I already had a whole semi just walking over there. I'm fully erect at this point. Now, it's really important to know what I'm wearing. Uh, I'm wearing skinny black jeans that are stretch, expensive ones as well, which is really important because I didn't know this younger. If you're going to wear black jeans, skinny jeans, fork out. Get the $180, get the $200 pairs of jeans. It'll pay off later. You'll find out in this story why. <laughs> and so I'm wearing those jeans. I've got, I've got Timberlands on the bottom, but I had taken those off. I've taken my boots off. And I took my socks off as well. It's just me, my feet, my skinny black jeans, and I've got a white, a really soft white t-shirt on. That's it. So we've got this makeout going. It's very intense. She's kind of on her side, almost on top of me a little bit, but just on the side, making out very intense for, I would say, I don't know, a few minutes. And then just naturally, organically, uh, I break off the makeout and just kind of lay back and just look up into the sky. As she's laying there in my arm and I've got my arm, got my hand in hand and she's on my, got her legs inside mine and we kind of just, you know, just breathe. Just nothing said, just look up into the sky. And then she starts to drag her fingers up and down underneath my shirt. She puts her hand underneath my shirt. She starts dragging her fingers, digging her fingernails into my abs, running it along the side of my obliques, going down lower, going down lower. My skinny jeans ride to just above my hip bones. So you can still, you can see some of my obliques, especially because I've got my hands behind me. My shirt's lifted up a little. So she's just running her hand on the very inside of the top of my jeans. And then she puts, she just slides her hand underneath my jeans and just starts digging her fingernails and scraping them underneath my pants up and down the inside of the V of my legs, where the V would be here. On my legs, just back and forward, back and forth, up and down on the inside there. And then, of course, by the way, guys, when you've got a full-blown erection in skinny jeans, your cock can only go one place. Like, it's either got to be on the left or the right. So, if she was very, uh, she knew what she was doing. She was purposely avoiding that to begin with. But then, nothing's being said. I'm just lying there, down there, just breathing. She's lying next to me, not saying anything, just got her head resting on my chest. And then, because, by the way, you know, when you've got, an, uh, you've got a full-blown erection, you've got a hard cock inside your jeans, it's actually pretty uncomfortable. Like, if it's especially pointing downwards, because that's not the way that it wants to go. It wants to point up. So, as she's done teasing me by dragging her fingernails underneath the top top line of my, uh, of my V, underneath my jeans, she just grabs my cock and just, Pulls it up, pulls it up so that it's face it's up a lot facing up that would rest up on my abs so that it's basically half outside my pants 
about a half outside my jeans at this point. Just remember, there's a wedding ceremony going down on the top right. There's a group of people, 10 or 15 people on the top left. Keep in mind. She starts stroking my cock up and down as we're just lying here on this rug, uh, being very, very attentive to the, to the tip, being very, very sensitive to the tip. She knows what she's doing. She knows exactly what she's doing. She'd done this before. But then this is uh, getting a little encumbersome, she decides, and decides to just completely unbutton my jeans, takes the button out, undoes the zipper, completely spreads open my jeans. And so she doesn't pull my pants down, but just completely full spreads, full cocks out in the open now. Okay. Okay. At this point, because you imagine, it's like, how is not anyone seeing this? I bring my right leg up. So I bring my right leg, because if I was lying down flat before, I bring my right leg up so that it's at a bend, so that the wedding ceremony on the right, their view would be obstructed. And because her body's on my left, the guys on the left probably can't see much either. However, I told you there was a clearing behind us, or when I say a clearing, behind us is plants and trees, but there's a road or like a path that people walk. It's like five, 10 feet away behind us maximum. Their view would be slightly obstructed just if they're walking up the path, but not if they were to walk down the dirt path that goes off of the formed cement that goes directly by us if you wanted to get down to the river. So you can imagine there's a path behind us separated by trees, but the dirt path that would go right by us down to the river. There's a lot of people, like at least five people every 10 to 15 seconds going by. So they can definitely, if someone was to walk down through here, as uh, as we're getting, as she's just pulled my cock out of my jeans, undone my jeans, undone my zipper. If someone walks by, I'm like I'm not sure how we're going to explain this. At the time, it crossed my head for a second. I'm like I'm not sure. Like I looked behind me. I was like because that because I wasn't too worried about the wedding ceremony or the people in front of us because our net legs can block their vision. But the people behind us, there's like there's no coverage at all. So I'm looking behind me for like a second, but then all of a sudden she just starts working that pipe. She starts stroking up and down, rotating. She knows how to work the equipment. And so I just say, fuck it. I just say, fuck it. I'm going to try and forget about the fact that there might be people behind me that's going to walk walk down this dirt path just to see this girl just fucking lubing this guy's cock up. Whatever. Forget about it. If it happens, it fucking happens. I just completely let go. But then it doesn't just stop there. Very quickly... She takes a look up behind us and slides her body down. Slides her body down my body so that her head is down by my hips. She just she just inhales that cock. She just starts and when I say inhale, her sucking technique was Olympic level. She just shoves my cock in her mouth. Wedding ceremony is on across the other side of the river at these gardens. Other group of people down to the left, people up behind us, walking up behind us. That, and, and at this point, they haven't come down the dirt path, but at any moment, could come down the dirt path. She just shoves my cock in her mouth and just goes to town. She has zero gag reflex. She deep throats to the point where I can feel 
my cock slide down the back of her throat. It's like her lips are up against my hips. That's how deep she can go. But it's more than that. It's that her, te- her technique is unlike anything I've ever experienced before. Like, I'm literally, I'm moaning at this point. I'm, I'm losing my mind. My eyes are rolling back into, into the back of my head with how she is going to town on me. All of a sudden, people start walking from behind us. A couple people walked down. <laughs> and really, as soon as that happens, I turn my hips in. I turn my hips because I was lying flat, but my leg was up as she was sucking on me. So I only thing I could do because she's down there sucking me off, I had to turn my hips as these people came down. That's the only thing that would possibly stop us from getting blown out here. It's like, I don't know, like three, like a, two adults and like their younger sibling walked down, like two, like, I would say like mid 20s or something, and a sibling walked down. Somehow, somehow, just in time, I turned my hips in enough and she had taken my cock out of her mouth and just pretended to be lying on my hips. And they didn't know. They didn't fucking know. <laughs> they didn't know. <laughs> just thinking about it, I was. it was so exciting. It was so ridiculously exciting that by a near miss, it's like we could have just got it. It could have been something very different. So this kid and a couple of people walked by and she's like, I had no idea they were coming. I'm like, I didn't fucking know either. And so like both of us are like looking at each other in our eyes like, fucking A, like just like, holy shit. But then- but that was not like stop. Then she just goes straight back to it. She's like, she pushes my hips back to the floor and just again shoves my cock in her mouth and goes even more to town. Just, and when I say like, listen guys, I've had a lot of blowjobs in my time. This is Olympic level. The way that she knows what to do, when to do it, where to pay attention to her technique. It's just insane. It's so ridiculous. It's like, I have to focus on my breathing to make sure I don't orgasm because it's that good. It's that good. Normally, it's very. I can't really come from a blowjob unless it's like we've done a lot of other shit before that. Like my control is too good, but her technique is is questioning my control. Is what I'm saying. It also could have just been the situation that we're in the middle of public. There's a wedding ceremony. There's other people. People just walk by us, and it's just the the sexiness of the situation, the exciting adrenaline. Could be the adrenaline as well, but no. But her technique was definitely Olympic level, gold medal Olympic level. So after after that. She keeps going down on me, but then more people keep walking by us. So it's like every 30 seconds, we have to stop. She has to stop. She has to take take my cock out of her mouth and I have to pretend that nothing's going on. And it's so exciting, but it's also like, it's annoying at the same time. So at a certain point, we realize that we're never going to get a moment's privacy here. So, <laughs> there's, but there's nowhere else we can really, this is supposed to be the most secluded place in the garden. It just so happens on this day, everyone has come down to this part of the garden. They could go anywhere. <laughs> there's not even that many people in the garden. It's just that they all congregated around this one area, probably because of the sun. This is the last place the sun was shining in the garden. So... Holy fuck. So she comes back up once we realize like that we're just there's too many people interrupting us. She slides her body back up to me. We start making out heavy, heavy, just fucking destroying each other. And you think that's where the story ends? No, sir, Jeffrey. No, sir. No, sir. <clears throat> if you guys listen to the sexual appetite podcast i described what sexually filthy means it means it means public shit but it also means very physically aggressive shit 
<clears throat> as I'm making out of her, we're side by turning turned into each other's side, turned into each other, we're making out. I'm running my hands. Of course, at this point, I'm rubbing rubbing my hand inside her legs. I'm massaging her pussy. Uh, her, her underwear was so tight, so wet as well. And at that point, I had been pull, I had pulled her underwear to the side, pulled her pants to the side, and I was just massaging in and out. She was tight as shit, though. Tight. Well, tight in that position. It was the position of how her legs had to be cramped like that. Normally, I wouldn't attempt to finger a girl in that tight position. There's just really bad position for your hand, but it's the position. There's no other way I can finger her and get my fingers inside her without the wedding ceremony and all these other guys and all these other people looking. So it's like we're, we're laying down on the ground but turned into each other. My hand is inside and I'm fingering her on the inside, massaging her pussy. But it's quite difficult. It's quite difficult because there's no – your hand's like cramped. You can't get leverage. You can't – your elbow can't bend because my body's blocking it, you know? So also the fact that she's wearing a dress, which means that anyone who's downwind can just see the fact that <laughs> that I've got my fingers inside her pussy. So, you know, and her her ass is completely out basically, like for me to be able to pull up her dress. So it's it's a difficult but fun situation. And we're making it at the same time. But as I said, physically aggressive. This is stage two. <clears throat> You guys know, it's all about the neck. With me, it's all about the neck. If it's not for you, it should be. For a woman, one of the most central points on her is her neck. For me, as a man, it's the part that turns me on probably the most. It's the part that just fucking lights me up. It's the part that will cause her to just fountain, fountain out. So naturally... As I've, well, once I just massaged her pussy a little bit, had my fingers inside a little bit, and making sure these people down the wedding ceremony weren't too aware of what was going on. Nothing too aggressive. Pretty gentle at first. She was a little bit higher. I slid my body down just a little bit. No, not too much, but her head was slightly higher than mine while we were making out. And just so I could get a little more angle while I was on my hand as I was massaging her out. And then I slide up a little bit more and take that hand, my right hand that was inside her, up to her neck. And I just start rubbing around her neck. Just start massaging her neck and push, push, de- push her down so that she's lying flat now. And of course, she's completely let go, completely comfortable. She lies back, flat back on her shoulders. I'm lying on my side. So above her, but on my side, not directly on top of her, but on, on my side, on top. And I just started massaging your neck and see what happens. Because remember what happened when we were in the forest, clearing. The moment I started going to her neck, she went into like a sexual trance. She just went into a different state of consciousness. And so the same thing happens. I just put my hand to her neck and just start rubbing. The very, we're going to use some sciencey terms here, but they're just known as the carotid arteries. They're the two major blood vessels that run down the side like a V down the side of your neck. Both sides of the neck, one here, one here, like a V. You just think of the V when I'm talking about this. I'm just rubbing one side of the V of her neck. And she just goes back into that trance mode. She goes back, she just arches back. She creates an arch in her body. Her, she starts moaning. She starts just going into a different state of consciousness. And then she says to me, as I'm, I've got my head very close to her while I'm doing this, I'm kind of kissing her neck at the same time. And she says to me, you know, it's okay for you to choke me. You guys, 
you guys see the smile on my face? <laughs> she tells me it's okay to joke her. It's like, I was going to progress, gradually progress to that, but she's telling me it's okay for you to choke me. And I'm just like, all right, well, are you sure? I was like, are you sure? And she goes, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, just let me know when it's too much. She's like, okay, okay. So I prop up a little bit more now because now I guess real. I slide my hand down to the bottom of her neck and clasp around the entire neck. Elbow goes high. So it's like this. If you're watching this on the podcast, it's like this. If this is her neck, elbow goes high, clasped around, take a deep breath, push up and in, into her neck, squeezing hard. 80%, about 80% of my strength. Hold it for one, two, three. She clenches in her throat as in to... She, she goes to swallow, and so I feel her neck move, and so I let up on the pressure, and I go, oh, was that too much? And she goes, no, 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 that's okay. That's okay. And I'm like, all right, here, grab my forearm. So I, she puts her hand. She, previously, her one of her hand was around me, and the other hand was just on her body. I get her hand to grab my forearm. I say, just hold my forearm, okay? I go again, slide it back up, elbow goes high, Drive deep into her neck, pushing up, up and into her neck, clasping about 80, 85% strength. Hold for one, two, three, four. During all of this, her eyes roll back into her head. Her lips part. Her body just becomes jelly. When you let go of the choke... Choking a woman when you're having sex and you're sexually interconnected with each other is a sensual movement. It's not abrupt. It's not, it's not aggressive in the sense that you're trying to cause damage. So it's pleasurable. So when you're squeezing in, you don't just let go of the choke and go, oh, how's that? In the same way that you don't just put your hand on her neck and just squeeze what I'm describing here is a sens- the same way that I would penetrate my cock into her pussy is the exact same way that I choke her in that it comes in and pushes in and down hard and up into it and increases in tension, holds, holds her there. But when I release, it's a slow massage. I like a centimeter by centimeter on her neck release the tension like a snail. So it's like you bring her to the point of extreme pleasure and max tension in your grip, choking her neck, but you don't just let it go. You release it slower, 10 times slower than the way that you came in, in a massaging way and you pull. So if I do it with my neck here, if it came in like this, up, down, and up, the way it comes out is just reversing the position, going, pulling down the neck. You pull down the neck, stroke, pull the muscles of her neck out, stroking it out. And she just goes, basically goes into a full trance. She, she's just, ah, uh, ah, uh, right. As I'm doing that and she just squeaks out, she's like, ah. Uh, 
I love your power. She says, I love your power. I love the way you massage it out. And I'm like, okay, do you want to feel 100? I say, you want to feel 100? She's like, okay, I feel 100. So in order for me to feel 100, to give her a 100% choke, everything's been like 80 to this point, I need to get up. Like I need to not just be on my side now, I need to be top position, driving my entire body weight down into her neck, basically. So I say to her again, just tell me, just give me a tap when it's too much. She puts one hand on my wrist, puts her other hand on my forearm, and here we go. So from top position now, like not even side top, the, the most amount of power and strength I can put into choking her, coming down, grabbing the base of the neck, pushing in and up. Yeah, her entire body just goes loose. She's, her eyes are rolling to the back of her head. Just like You can feel her just vibrating with it. And the pleasure, the smile that you can see it comes across her face. It's insane. But it's 100% strength. I'm squeezing as hard as I possibly can for about five seconds maybe. Four to five seconds max with that level of strength. Couldn't hold it for much longer than that with one hand. And, and then, then release the slow as fuck release. Just slowly pulling away the muscles out. And, and after we did, we probably did this for like at least, well, probably in the moment felt like a long time. It was probably about five minutes or so of just going through this sexual, sensual choking of her. And again, everyone's watching. Like, well, at this point, I didn't know who was watching, but anyone could have been watching this going down. And after this, I laid back down and she rolled into me just as if she had had an orgasm. Just like so, like, so out of it, but at the same time in a pleasureful way going, and she just whispers and she's like, you know, that's the first time I've been choked. And I'm like, I was like, what? That's the first time you've been choked? This seemed like something that you ask guys to do all the time. And she goes, no, guys are, they're not strong enough. She goes, guys are not powerful enough. It's like, I can feel your power. The way that you came in from that angle and you pushed your entire body into the choke and then you hold it, you hold it. And even though you feel me squirm, you don't let it go. But then you massage it out so slow. She's like telling me in the moment how, how, how good it was and why she liked it so much. But yeah, it was only the first time. And then I say, you want to choke me? She's like, yeah, I want to choke you. She comes up. She gets up on top of me. And I'm like, here, you mount me then. So she can get more power. And so she gets right up on top of me. Of course, I'm hard as a rock still. She's got her hips grinding on me. She comes down, she mounts me, we make out. But then I say, okay, you choke me. So she puts the hand down on my leg. I said, sexually filthy, it goes both ways. She puts a hand on my neck. I'm like, all right, so listen, start the elbow high, drive in and just drive and put your entire shoulder into it. Don't try and squeeze with your hand. Use your body to choke someone. Use the leverage of your shoulder and your arm. She's like, okay. So she goes in, but at first she's way too light. It's like I could hold it all day with the amount of strength. It, was, it felt to me like a 5 out of 10, her first attempt at choking me. But she learned from me, which was amazing. She didn't just let go of the choke. She massaged it out. And now I finally understood why she had entered that orgasmic trance. Because when you've been deprived of blood and oxygen and it gets to rush back in, it's the most euphoric sense. It's so euphoric. I felt it before in martial arts training, but it's different under a sexual connotation. It's like you've let go of yourself into this person and they're providing you with both 
a sexual but physical stimulation that when the blood and the oxygen rushes back to your brain, you feel so good. Like you just want to laugh, you want to smile. It's so good. And so I say harder, much, much harder. She's like, you can use two hands if you want. And so for the next couple of minutes, she goes to just choke, just choke and choke, choking me, push it, pulling it out. She could never choke hard enough to make me want to tap, but that's because it's a two-handed choke. She was just never going to have enough strength for that. So I'm pause. There's some more choking that comes later, but that's step, that's stage two done of this, of this sexual endeavor. She was mounted on me at that time. Of course, she's grinding her hips on top of me. I'm still hard as a rock. We're making out. It's absolutely beautiful. And I just toss her to the side. I toss her to the left and say, all right, listen, fuck it. Fuck the people. I'm, 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 if, even if I can't, even if it's probably not the best place, like it's, there's definitely no way that I'm going to be able to shove my, I'm not going to have full sex. There's no way of disguising full sex here, but I'm going to try and do the most I can. I probably can't go down on her without that looking uh, suspicious, but I can definitely give her an orgasm for sure. So I got to go in the side and she's still lying on the inside ish, but I'm just push my body back. So I get a little more space so that I can run my finger down. I start massaging her pussy out, go inside. What was amazing was that she was even wetter than before. After the choking, she was wetter than before. That's, that's when you know it was just, that's when the, you know, it was like she had an orgasm during the choking that there was, she was wet. Well, it was just amazing how all the inside of her legs was so wet and I hadn't even touched that area. It was just from choking her and kissing her and talking to her like that and giving her that power. So I go down, I find her clit, I find the sweet spot, I massage around for a little bit and I just watch. I just I look up before I had gently massaged that area, but I was kind of going in and out through a pussy. I was kind of going in and out, just very gentle. Now I'm going hard. Now I'm trying to find, I can't get to her G-spot properly because of the position we're in. So it's not going to be a vaginal orgasm, but it's going to be a clit orgasm. So I can, because I can get to that spot without having to completely strip her down and spread her out, which was not going to happen because there's so many people there. So again, please remember, wedding ceremony is still going. Wedding ceremony is still on the far right. Random people. People have been walking by us during all of this as well. It's just crazy how many people are around us. It's so hot. It's so good. And so pull her panties to the side and I search for that clit. And I'm just looking at her response. I'm looking at, because she's got, she's got quite a, she's got a reasonably sized hood. So her clit's not super obvious. On girls with smaller vaginas, it's easier to find the clit because their hood's not as big and it's very obvious when it's when a girl's sexually aroused, her clit gets uh, engulfed, en- engulfed. Engulfed? That's not the word. Uh, not engulfed? Engorged. A girl, engorged is the word I'm looking for. It pumps up. The girl's clit pumps up uh, when she gets sexually aroused, but if she's got a very large uh, hood, clitoral hood, you have to pull the hood back to find the clit. So, and because, yeah, and this girl's also had, what's amazing is that this girl's had kids. She's a MILF, but she's younger than me, but her vagina is tight as shit. In part, she uses pussy eggs. She told me about that later on. We'll talk about pussy eggs later if you guys want to know about them. I didn't really know that much about them until today as well, or until this experience. So pull her panties to the side, pull back her hood, searching for her clit, pull back her hood, find the clit. The way that I really, her clit was because- it wasn't as obvious at first. So if it's hard to find her clit, I'm just looking at her. I'm just, I'm looking up at her to see how she reacts. 
because especially also with girls that have larger clits, there's a sweet spot on the clit as well. You could be hitting the bottom end, the top end, the side, and it's not <laughs> flies. The, the, the fruit fly guys, not today. Or you tried to, but not today. So you're trying to find, you want to look for the sweet spot before you commit. Because when you commit to stimulating her clit, it's a roller coaster. You don't want to, you, you want to edge her. You're going to edge her. I'll edge her. But when you commit to it, you're going to be there and you're going to ride her home to the end. So make sure you find the sweet spot and find, hold that spot. So that's what I'm looking for is that when I'm down there and I'm just massaging and I've got my middle finger, middle finger, middle to pointer interchanging on her clit, I'm looking out for her. I'm looking for when I found the sweet spot. I finally found it after a little bit of massaging, just making sure. Well, when I say finally, it took 10, 15 seconds. And how I know is because when you find the sweet spot, she gasps. She goes, <gasps> huge intake of air when you find the sweet spot of the clit. And of course, neck goes back, chin goes back. You feel a quiver in her body and she arches up. That's when you know, and that's when commitment time. Let's go. So clockwise, counterclockwise, just what's really important when you're stimulating the clit is that you apply the pressure. Don't take your finger off the spot. It's not a constant on and off. It's not, you're not tapping it. You're not trying to release the pressure side to side. If you are doing side to side, which I did do, the pressure stays. It's as if you've got a marble on, on the ground. You put your finger on the marble and you use your arm and your hand to move the marble. But the finger always stays on the marble, so you never lose contact. So I'm there, I'm there in, this, in, this, in the botanic gardens. Weddings going on, people everywhere going to town on her clit. Just, just side by side, tons of side by side, tons of counterclockwise, clockwise, up and down, every zigzag motion, keeping the pressure on her clit. She's just moaning and moaning. She's loud. She's not too loud. I can tell she's compressing. I can tell she's not trying to be as super loud, but loud enough that people behind us walking by can definitely hear. Don't give a shit. <laughs> Don't give a shit. And so we're there. And uh, by the way, all the people like, it's amazing how no one just didn't come up and just say, what the fuck are you guys doing? Or at least we didn't appear on someone's Snapchat on Instagram. So with that, I edged her probably three times because she she came to orgasm quick. Because remember, it was after the choking. Uh, she had already had a psychological orgasm through the choking, but also physically she was very wet after that. She was primed to have the orgasm very quickly. So within only about 20 seconds of me stimulating her clit, she was already starting to have consecutive convulsions where it's like, and it's like consecutive. And that's when you know you're bringing her closer and closer to orgasm when the time between her convulsions, the time between her gasps, get closer and closer and closer where it's not really far apart. This is happening in about 20 seconds or so. Stimulating, stimulating. But then because it's happening too quick, it's like, I don't want to bring her too quick. I'm an edge. So I get her to the point where she's just about, and then I just let off the face. Let off the face. She recovers and then go again. Going to go hard, go hard, go hard, go hard. Edge her again just before she's about to reach full climax. Let off the face. And she fi- then finally, after the third time, it was the second time, I think. After the second time, or the third time, she goes, she goes, stop stopping. Stop stopping. And I'm like, Hey, listen, you'll be patient, girl. You'll be patient. It's <laughs> just fucking with it. Fucking with it. It's so much fun because she's just, by the way, it's not like she, she wasn't like me when she, when I was getting sucked out by her at the beginning. Uh, I wasn't, I was like looking up to make sure people weren't walking down. She doesn't give a shit. 
She's just completely head back in the back of the grass, eyes rolled back, just not even concerned with anyone. Anyone could walk by, she wouldn't give a shit, and she wouldn't even want me to stop. She's completely jelly released here. And so third time around, I say, all right, fine, let's finish it. So finger on the clit, full commitment, 100,000 RPM, 100,000 RPM, just... It's like as fast as you possibly can to the point where, and remember, this is the worst position as well. This is never how I would want to do it. I want to be down underneath her legs, have full body on top of her, allow, let my entire shoulder, elbow, lat do all the work for me. I can't do that because of the position. My wrist is now going into dead mode. Wrist and lateral delt is getting dead from this, but can't stop. So just a thousand RPM auto clear. She's just going, <sighs> she's, Pace, breathing, moaning, everything is just full orgasm. And then finally you hit that bang. You hit that boom in which that her legs, she crosses her legs. She pushes her hips away. Her body went into the full, to the full fish. She went to that full fish mode where it's just the, the body goes into this uncontrollable shake. And uh, that's when you know it's done. And of course, at that point there was, she had to stop the vocals because otherwise it would have just been way too fucking loud. But the... The silence after that, just the deep breathing, but no words. And she just whispers in my ear and she goes, she goes, it's very sensitive. It's very sensitive. I said, I bet it is. I said, and not even the bet it is. I'm pretty sure I said that as well. But I said, I know it is. It's like, I know it is because when they take away the legs. And that's the thing, my friends, is that with a clitoral orgasm, there's a, you reach a climax and then it has to be reloaded. There has to be a cooling off period. You can't stimulate it again for a long time. Very similar in the same way that once a guy climaxes. But with a vaginal orgasm, not the case. You can have multiple vaginal orgasms upon end because it's not nearly as sensitive. Not, not focused on that one point like with the clitters. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. So, so just, uh, I just got to keep saying it. Like, it's like, even for me, this is ridiculous in the sense that, like, we're not even, it's not like a public bathroom. It's not like we're in the bathroom. It's not like we're in a private space. This is literally in front of people. Like there's, they could easily just, the wedding ceremony, they, they, have, they can have, they have a direct line of sight to us. The people down on the far left, they have a direct line of sight. People been walking by. They didn't, thank God, no one walked by when I was bringing her to final climax. But before that, before that, during the choking, everything, when she was sucking me off, people walking by. There's a lot of, it's just so good. It was so good. We were both, uh, having the time of our lives, to be honest. So after that, I came back up to her and uh, let the recovery. We lie back both. We both lie back and she's lying in my arms. And now this is where kind of, this is kind of the final, where I'll wrap up this, this story. It's just been hectic. It's been ridiculous, to be honest. It's like I, I knew the sexual energy was hot from back on the forest clearing where we were just grinding against each other, but I didn't know that she was going to be like this. And uh, to be honest, I was really uh, happy with myself that I just let go into it because there's a certain point where you just got to say, fuck it. It's like, if someone's going to walk by, they're going to walk by. Like, what am I going to do here? What am I going to do? So it felt really good after that, after I had brought her to climax, just to be lying back down there and go, "Ah." but after that, there's a little bit of, you know, we talk about giving it hard and good. Not hard and bad, but hard and good. 
And what hard and good means is that you give it to each other hard, but there's a little bit of emotional care on the end. And with a lot of girls that can send the fireworks, which this girl just did, she just sent the fireworks to the highest degree of sexual appetite and sexual energy. Just the only reason why we weren't having full penetration sex then and there is just because there was no way to disguise it to the, it's just too obvious. It's just way, there's no way we could block. There's nothing that could block. But if there was some way, if we had an extra blanket, which is what I said to, I'll read you guys some messages in a second. If we had an extra blanket, I just would have thrown the blanket on top and just railed it then and there. And that's what she was asking me for as well. That's what she kept saying. She's like, I wish you could just rail me now. So there's a lot of energy. Anyways, the emotional care that came afterwards was something pretty beautiful, actually. Something that I haven't seen in a long time, which we discussed in a few podcasts ago, which is very rare to find, which is that when, it was, when that was all said and done, she was lying on my left and kind of just lying on my chest and lying inside of me, you know, arm around her and just head on the chest and we're kind of just breathing. And, and then I asked her, oh, that's right, because all up until that point, I still had my shirt on. But she goes, hey, you haven't shown me the rest of your tattoo yet. And so, ah, no worries. I sit up, take my shirt off. It's a bit cold. It's a bit cold, but it's okay. I lie back down. And she just she just kind of marvels at the tattoo. She's never seen it in person full before. And she's like, oh, my gosh. And we, so we go, we go through it, and, and she just wants to touch all of it and see all of it and ask about all the meanings and go, and go into it all. And it's, it's cool. It's kind of things kind of get a little emotional now. Like things starting to, the sexual energy is like we hit peaks and now it's getting very, very cute now. It's getting very cute. And, and when she's done kind of playing with my tattoo, I say to her, hey, can you just kiss me on the neck? Say, like, I know you choked me, but can you just kiss me on the neck? And so she, without hesitation, just goes straight to my neck and just starts more than kissing, like very aggressively biting my neck and suctioning, like hickey style suctioning on my neck, licking, goes down to my nipples, licks, just starts sucking on my nipples, licking them out, so sensitive. And she's still an animal, still an absolute animal, even after all that's just gone down. And then I say to her, no, 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 no. I'm like, just, just gentle, just kiss me on the neck gentle. And she, and then she goes, not in an aggressive way, but she goes, as she comes back up from my nipples to go kiss me on my neck, she goes, she whispers in my ear, what, is this like a thing where you want me to cook you dinner tonight? You want a home-cooked dinner tonight as well? She said it in a playful way, not in an aggressive way. And I said to her, no, nah, just try it gentle. Just try it. And so she very now complete flip, not animalistic at all, just very sensual, just butterfly wings on butterfly wings, very gently kissing my neck. And I just kind of lie back and let go into it. And it's so nice because we just had the fireworks. And what I was testing for was, can she be, can she sit around the campfire with me as well? It's like, she can definitely send the fireworks, but can she can provide, can she provide emotional care afterwards as well? I'm just want to see. And so, and so she, she, she's blows my mind. She's, she starts caressing my neck and her entire energy changes from this wild sexual animal, just wild to the point where, remember guys, I wasn't the one who just took my pants off and unbuttoned my jeans and took the zipper down. She did that. She was the one that shoved her hand down my pants, pulled my cock up and then unbuttoned my jeans, zipped them down and then went down to suck me out. That was her. I didn't direct any of that. I didn't ask her to do it. I certainly didn't stop her to do it. I didn't ask her to do it. 
I didn't infer for her to do it. I was comfortable just lying back. I, we were just making out before that. She had incredible sexual anim, sexually animalistic energy to the point where she would do all of that, even with a wedding ceremony going on and other people down on the left-hand side, people walking behind us. So that's her set point, right? But then now I asked her to give me a little bit of the opposite. If she had sent the firework, I'm asking her for the long-term campfire. I'm asking her for the long-term care. Just see if you can show me some. And she can f- completely flips it. Just starts with this really gentle kissing, then on the neck, and then I'm like, all right, let's test, let's let's go again, let's let's do it, let's do it up. That's only in the beginning. That's the beginning of this. So I get her to, I put my hand around her chin and kind of lift it up, as if because she's lying on her side on top of me. I get my hand underneath, like like this, like you would do this to someone. I just hold their head, hold their chin, face, hand on the side of their face, hold it. You're supporting it, which means you can also pull them in. And so I pull her in and I go to kiss her, but I do it so slowly. Like I pull her in so slowly. And then we ensue what is a makeout, open lip kissing, but butterfly on butterfly. Just the slowest. So slow. To the point where she will select a lip to kiss, but it's, you, it's like the lips have to fold off of each other. It's so slow. It's like they fold off and peel off of each other before you start the next kiss. It's that essential. It's that slow. It's so romantic. There's so much love in it. There's so much care and caressing in it. And that goes on for a good bit of time. I'm not sure how long because I'm just lost in the moment with her. It goes on for a bit of a time. And of course, my eyes are closed during this. Just sort of let go of it. But then I'll open my eyes and stop for a second and just push her head back just a little and she opens her eyes, and I just look into her eyes, just deep, deep into them. Not looking out her eyes, looking deep into her eyes. And it's so deep that I literally see myself. It's like she can hold eye contact to such a degree that as I'm looking into her eyes, and remember, she's only like two faces distance from me, as I'm looking into her eyes, not only literally, but metaphorically as well, spiritually. On a physical level, literally, I can literally see my own reflection in her eye. That's how steady and present she is in the moment. That she's not thinking at all. There's no thoughts in her mind. She's just, the way that I'm looking at you guys, I'm glazing over. The way, because I'm feeling it now, I'm glazing into the camera, getting lost in the camera lens. And that's how I was getting lost in her eyes. It's like, she's so tuned into the present moment, so glazy that I can actually, I can see myself clear as crystal. When someone's thinking, you just can't see that because the energy conveyed stops you from being able to see that. But then moving into the sexual spiritual level, it's like, I feel this intense warmth inside my heart. I feel this intense care in which that the way that she's looking the way in which her eyelids are slightly squeezed in around it, it's not like animal eyes. It's not like want to fuck you eyes. It's like I fucking love you eyes. And it's where the, the eyelids slightly squint in a little, but it's super glazed over. And she's just looking at me like, like she's ready to die, to die for me. It's like she's looking at me like she's ready to die for me. And I'm looking back at her, just can't, can't help a smile can't help but reiterate the same eye contact that i'm just 
I'm with you guys right now doing the same thing. It's just such a level of presence and connection that it's magnetic. You're in each other. And I'm breaking it down now, but when I'm in the moment, I wasn't thinking any of this. I was completely gone. There's no more Adam. There was no more Anna. It was just... It was just. And we held that for so long and pull her back in and just kiss her again. Slow. Man. Man, it gets me emotional just reliving it now, rethinking about it now. It's, you know, the, the crazy wild blowjob while people are walking by us and in the middle of the gardens, that's cool. Stimulating her clit and bringing her to orgasm while people are watching, that's cool. You know, the crazy choking of her and bringing her to like a psychological orgasm while choking her, that's really cool. Having her choke me, that's really cool. But this was the coolest moment. This was the, this is how it should, this is like what I always look for. Can you send the firework while providing, providing, can you send the firework while providing the campfire on the back end? Can you give them the long-term care after the short-term ride? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it right here, guys. It's like, at yeah, that moment, I felt so taken care of. I felt so taken care of. I felt like she genuinely, when I say saw me for me, saw me for me and that was, this is our first date. This is our first date, saw me for me, which allowed me to be no one. If a woman, you guys always, I've spent, it's the question you guys have asked me a lot is what's the number one turn off in a female? If she can't be present and she can't let go because then I can't connect and I can't let go. It takes two to tango in that sense. It takes two to tango. It takes two people to come in commune of letting go of themselves to be able to enter that space sexually, physically, mentally, spiritually, in which that you can transcend all of our human restrictions, all of our egoic restrictions to leave our egos at the fucking riverbank and just join each other up in the sky. It's like it's infinite cloud state at the highest. It's physiological jelly state at the highest. It was just one of the greatest human experiences I've ever had that's really only been going for like two hours that we've known each other. It's ridiculous. So I just remember looking at her eyes afterwards when I snapped out of the trance and we had to, it was getting really cold and I got the shivers and I was like, ah, oh, I was like, you're looking at me like you're the baby girl. And she's just, that's what the mess up went from my mind. Like you look, you look like a baby girl. Like that's the look in your eyes. There's so much love there. So anyways, after that, uh, after that, I did some jujitsu with her. I uh, taught her some rear naked chokes, taught her some Ezekiel chokes, taught her the baseball bat choke, taught her how to, and obviously did that to her. She did it on me. Taught her how to escape from those chokes as well. Uh, since we'd done so much sexual shit with the choking, I'm like, you should probably just know a bit about choking in general. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, and so that, that people, we got really loud with because we didn't care if people saw us doing jujitsu. But uh, not the sexual jujitsu before we had to be really discre- as discreet as we could. She wasn't discreet at all, but <laughs> she wasn't discreet at all. And I love her for that. I love that sexual confidence that she was willing to just take my pants down and just fucking go to town. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So after that, picked up the rug, played some music, uh, walked back. And here's the wrap up. Here's the final bit where, because now you, there's often something that we talk about in post, a couple of facts that we talk about. A couple of effects that we look for when a date is on point. To know that you honored your role as a masculine being and as a feminine being. There's a few things that need to happen in post that are like green ticks, green checks that this was what we thought it was to make sure we didn't make any tremendous mistakes. 
And if these things don't appear, then we know we made some kind of a mistake, most likely. So as we're walking back to the car and it's getting cold, it's getting dark. Not too dark, but the sun's going down. It's about a 15-minute walk from halfway to my car, where we were, up to the train station where she has to catch the train back. And of course, as I always do, is that I always walk the girl back to her car. I always offer to drop her back at her car or drop her back at wherever she needs to get her transport, right? And But that's like, you know, it sounds like a gentleman thing to do, but it's, to me, it's like, of course you do that. It's like, it's, not, it's got nothing to do with uh, me being a gentleman. It's like, if I care about you, there's no way I'm going to let you just, it's not even just like, no way I'm going to let you do that on your own, especially girls like when dates end at night. It's like a lot of girls say to me, it's like, no, no, I'm a strong woman. I can walk back. I'm like, it's not about that. It's that I would feel terrible if I got home and I got a text from you saying that someone tried to mug you or someone, you know, it's like, I can't live with that. It's like, I have to make sure it's my 50. Let me finish my 50. (laughs) Not that I say that, but like, let me do me, right? So, so anyways, we're walking halfway back to my car and, uh, and it's getting to that point where she has to make a decision. Is she going to go back? to the train on her own or she come with me and so i just say to her like and my arms around her and we're just like two kids now just so comfortable with each other now and not that we never were but like compared to the beginning and i'm just like hey by the way do you want me to drop you back at the train station and she goes no of course typical female no 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 no, you don't have to do that you don't have to do that it's okay i can go on my own and i'm like listen it's not about whether i do have to do that it's like i'm just saying offers there and she goes you're such a gentleman adam such a gentleman I'm like, no, nah, it's like, listen, it's just what it is. You want me to drop you? But I don't care. The offer's there if you want it. I shut up. Silent pause. Okay. 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 <laughs> always. Always hold the ground. Never let her off. Never go. If a girl denies you walking back to her car, walking her back to her car, walking her back to her station, if she goes, she it's her role to deny off the bat. She doesn't want to impose herself. So don't be the Mr. Nice Guy and go, and go into the Mr. Nice Guy going, who would take that as a signal to go, oh, I've been denied and go, no, 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 I give up, give up. No, 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 just it's their role to impose. So all you have to do is just hit one more push move back by saying, hey, listen, it's not a big deal. It's just, especially if it's a more dangerous situation, it's like, listen, I just need to make sure that nothing bad happens. Like, hey, it's, don't read into it too much. Like just the offer. You don't have to though. It's like, whatever. They'll almost always, they'll take it always. And so she gets in my car, we get back to my car, Show her that semi-auto, that semi-manual I've been learning to drive in. <laughs> get some really good gear shifts, get some pole positions, drive her up into the city, drop her off at the train station. But as she's about to get out, here we are. As, we're about to, as she's about to get out, she turns and looks at me and she goes, uh, well, you know, I'm like, she's like, it was, that was really good. And I'm like, yeah, it was really good, wasn't it? She goes, yeah, it was really good. Uh, just so you know, like, if you ever want more, just call me. If you have one more, just call me. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, I nod, I'm like nodding, and I'm like, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk. I have a very cheeky smile on my face. We'll talk. If you have one more, just call me. Yeah, we'll talk. And then, and then what I'm used to, because on a first date, you don't expect a kiss goodbye. It's the first date. Most of the time, you had just the most sexual progression you're going to have on the first date if it didn't lead back to one of your apartments is that you just maybe you had a kiss during it and that was about it, right? That's most typical first dates. 
the maximum progression if you didn't progress it to a deeper bubble somewhere else. So you're not expecting that. But then as I say, hey, listen, yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk. And so I thought she was going to open the car door to get out. But no, she leans in. She leans in as if to say, hey. And so I'm like, oh, shit. And I kind of like for a second, I kind of goofed there for a second because I just wasn't expecting that because I guess this is such a rare diamond of an experience of what we just went through. I just wasn't thinking at all. I wasn't even thinking that that would be a thing. So, of course, I was like, yeah. I mean, when I say goofed, I didn't freak out. I was just like, oh, like this is nice. (laughs) This is a nice surprise. So she leads in. I go in and it's not just like a kiss on the cheek or a peck. It's like that slow, I give a fuck and I care about you, open lip kiss where her both her lips landed on my bottom lip. And it was just, I held it there for like a good one, two seconds. And and I said, yeah, okay. And then she left out, she got out of the car. I'm like, yeah, okay. She gets out of the car. I roar from first to second. And uh, fuck. The post. So there's always a couple of things we look for at the end. That was one of them. The linger effect is what I'm talking about. When you know that a day was on point, the linger effect very careful if you guys haven't seen that original podcast on the linger effects. I think it's in free flow dates, advanced advanced guide to dates, day threes, maybe like that, advanced guide to dates, something like that. We talk about the linger effect a lot in that one. Basically, the linger effect is that when the polarity is on, oh, it's getting dark again. When the polarity is on between masculine and feminine, sexually well-balanced, the female will linger on the male or the one with the more feminine energy will linger on the masculine. It will manifest in the form of, Hey, uh, that was really, it would be, be a text the next day saying, Hey, I've had a really great time with you. Had a really awesome time with you. Thanks for taking me out. Or it'll be thanks. Thanks for this. Thanks for having a great time with me. Or thanks for being such a good guy, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There's, it's always going to come in the form of her acknowledging that there was a good time had whether she says the words good time. doesn't matter. It could just be, uh, thanks for yesterday. Yeah, a lot of times though, it is that I really enjoyed myself. Really enjoyed myself, had a good time. That text will either come that night, next day, by the latest, by the latest, the end of the next day, if the linger effect is on. Otherwise, there's something that's wrong, either on your end or her end. Either that you made a mistake on your 50, or she is dealing with some internal turmoil that is making her feel insecure about sending that linger effect. Maybe she doesn't want to appear that she's coming on too strong, etc. She's been treated poorly in the past. There's nuances that can come in if you don't get a linger effect, but you feel like you did the best you did. There's nuances there for sure. So let me, but the, I got a physical linger effect. Very rarely, if ever, only, oh, on one hand, I could count the end of first dates that ended, that didn't end in sex. Like in terms of we didn't go to her apartment or my apartment in the classical fashion. I mean, we basically had full sex down there in botanics short of me just literally penetrating inside of her. We did everything else under the sun. So <laughs> it's like the entire time I was so close to doing it though because I already had my pants open. But it's like there's no way to, to guide or hide what this would be. We just needed a blanket. That's all we needed. And so that brings me to the next point. So I got the linger effect like I was saying before. On a handful of times I could, I could say that the linger effect came at the end of the date and not after it. So the end, the ending linger effect is what I just described, where not only did she say, hey, listen, if you want more, just give me a call. 
that's a linger effect in and of itself. That's, that's how you know you've just nailed it out of the park. Both of you have nailed it out of the park, but more specifically, the feminine to masculine polarity, that she's honoring what you've done. But even more so because it's verbal, she gave me a physical linger effect, which is, again, on, like, on maybe a hand. One hand I could tell you. It's like the girl in Miami, greatest day two of my life uh, video, the greatest day two of my life video. It's filmed several years ago in Miami with, uh, with Steph. She had, she had the physical and verbal as well. She kissed me goodnight. But at the end of the first day, that was the first date as well. It's, it's very rare. That means there had to be some shit went down. And so she gave me two linger effects. The verbal, call me, yeah, just call me if you want more. But also that she leaned in for a really sensual kiss at the end, which is very rare to have. Very rare to have. So the linger effects are already there. That means I can go home, sleep well, knowing that I didn't make any mistakes for sure. However, I will just, because you know I like to be thorough. I, uh, I've got some, I've got some even further follow-up. I got, I'll give you what the normal linger effect is which is what happens in post once the date's actually over that message that she sends. So I'll read that, guys, read that out for you guys. So during this sexual escapade, blowjob, fingering around, choking each other down in front of many people down at the Botanics, during all of this, we also had a lot of chop, a lot of banter with each other because, you know, we're there for hours. We're there for like, we spent five hours together. Part of it was that I said to her at the end, it's like, oh, I wish I could give you my jumper to go home with because then you can smell like me. <laughs> I said it like a bit of a dick. I'm like, I wasn't saying it to benefit her. I was like, just so you can smell like me. You know, it's kind of like, like, a, like a dog marking his spot type thing. Well, that's what she said to me. What, are you like a dog trying to mark his spot? <laughs> like we're having banter and chop between each other. It's all in tongue and cheek. And I say, no, nah, it's like, it's a cool thing though. It's like, it's like when I go home, my shirt's going to smell like you because you're rubbing all up on me. It's a good feeling. And so, but because I wasn't wearing my jumper all, all day, uh, I couldn't do that. So that was an inside joke. So her first message when she got home, it wasn't even when she got home. It was like an hour later or no, less than that. This is like 15, 20 minutes because she just got on the train. She sent me this message, the first message saying, who needs a jumper? Dot, dot, dot. My dress smells like you now with a little uh, tongue out of cheek face. I sent one message back just saying perfect with a wink face. Her message back after that says, really wish I'd finished that blowjob. I respond back by saying, it was Olympic level, full stop. Wish I could have taken my tongue down yours. The fingers were only the beginning. She responds back saying, I'd do it again in a heartbeat because you tasted amazing. Maybe we can finish off what we started another day. Wink face. I respond one word, agreed. She responded back saying after that, shall we attempt a take two at the Botanic Gardens? It was definitely hot having an audience nearby, but I'm going to need your cock in me next time. Mum, mum, she's filthy. She's filthy. (laughs) I fucking love it. And uh, I respond back by saying, yeah, it was so good. For sure, we'll have to get it there again. We'll just bring a blanket next time to cover on top. Uh, I think that's the end. Yes, it is. So that's. I just wanted to make it a full tailed end, uh, tail to nose, nose to tail story. All the pace. Now we can get the summary. We can finish this podcast up and do some open Q and A at the end.
So let's summarize this particular story like I did with Kayla's. I'll summarize Anna's and then I'll summarize the lesson between both of them and then we'll get to open Q&A and that'll rock us out. It's not getting too dark, I don't think. Just let me know if it's getting too dark, guys. By the way, I'm just going to read out some of your comments throughout that story. Uh, some of you said, happy Monday, lads. Nick said, happy Monday, lads. Uh, Justin come in saying, crazy, haha, loving it with the deuce. Nick, Mr. Zoo, Mr. Zoo, Mr. Zoo coming in saying, this is crazy. Hey, Nick, you know, this, I'm not sure when you joined in on this story, but this was when I met you on Saturday. I'm not sure if you were here. Nick, by the way, is Nick DeMarcy, who's up in this chat, or he was before, is Mr. Zoo. He's the guy that I mentioned before when I met Arna. When I met, I met Nick and I read out his message about him having a great day. That's Nick DeMarcy, who's up in this chat. So, so good you came in, Nick. You're probably listening to this in post if you're not here now. They're awesome, man. So what I just talked about, Nick, with Arna happened after I met you to the gardens. He said, this is crazy, <laughs> exclamation mark. Penguin had come in saying, happy Monday. T had come in saying, mad story. Justin come in saying, God, you're killing it. Ha <laughs> ha. Hey, we're both. Hopefully you are too, Justin. Okay, so let me summarize the Arna story. There was a lesson. There was a huge lesson in this story, which is the graduation the graduation, the gradual increasing of sexual progression in which that the same mistake could have been made in the same way in that could have happened with Kayla, just on the opposite end. She was roaring with sexual energy from the beginning. Remember, what was the first point of our real, me really knowing that was that was when we first got to the first bench during that story. Remember when we were out by the lily pond and I scooted, scooted next to her Move, put my hand around her, and she immediately started rubbing the inside of my leg, like really close to my balls. That's when I knew she's roaring with sexual energy. And that's when, I'll be honest with you guys, an alarm bell went off in my head. My subconscious patterning from the first 19 years of my life arced up. It arced up. I can't deny that. There was a part of my mind that went into alarm bell for about a flash of a second that all of a sudden you get flooded with all of your previous inadequacies and you get fear. A flash of fear goes by because you weren't expecting this. It's different when a girl gradually when a girl gradually increases her sexual tension at this stage this it doesn't bother me. I don't get those flashes of fear. But it was the way in which that it happened from 0 to 100 that I got a flash for a half second it was very short. But I felt a bit of heat and I felt my mind kind of tense up and I felt my erection go down a little bit because I got in my mind when, I, when we made the first move to gradually increase physical touch and she put her hand inside my leg and started rubbing really close to my balls because I just wasn't expecting that it was going to get that fast that quick, get hot, that hard that quick, that hot that quick. And for a second there, an alarm bell went off of fear, of like, holy shit, it's like a holy shit type thing. As in, but coming from a perspective of she wants a lot more than maybe that I'm not going to be able to give. But that's just old. That's just 19 years of living that way coming in. That's just 19 years of being a Mr. Nice Guy, 19 years of not being in tune with my sexual energy, not being confident to just steady the ship. And so that's just a whole bunch of conditioning and programming. Guys, you know what it's like when you, when you think you've emptied the recycle bin, but if you actually do a hard clean of your of your PC, you know that there's always there's the cache, there's 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 residual files, there's dormant files that are still laying around on your hard disk that you thought 
the majority of was deleted, but there's still remnants there. It's like how you can get hard drive recovery. There's always remnants of it there. So that I think just from 19 years of being the guy that now that I get to coach with you guys, that I'm 100% honest and say that when she hit me with that intensity of hot energy, hot sexual energy right off the bat, I definitely felt a glimmer of fear. I definitely felt a glimmer of, of uh, fear is probably not the right word. It fits under the tree of fear, more like apprehension. Just like, oh, wasn't ready for it that fast. It was a little bit of apprehension for about a half second. But then the training comes in. Then the social dynamic training comes in. It's like, but Adam, you've been here before. What do we do? What's the conditioned response? Whenever you feel tense, stressed in your mind, what's the catch yourself? Just breathe. I discussed it in, it was, I think it was last week's social Q&A, how to be aware of your ego in the day-to-day. It was Will M's super chat question. It says, catch yourself. The number one, catch yourself to bring yourself back in the present moment and to just relax and chill out. Be aware of your ego. It's just to breathe. So it's a conditioned response. Now I know if I ever do freak out for even if, even if it's only half a moment, just breathe. So when I was there with her on the bench and she was started that rubbing up really close to my balls and inside my leg, I just, I, I, I just completely let go of Adam. I just looked out into the distance, into the trees, into the lily ponds, into the sky, and just breathed super deep. Just completely tuned out so I could tune in. And then all of a sudden, full erection came back. State of mind achieved. Peace achieved. It was just for a glimmer of a moment. But the reason why I wanted to bring that detail up is not only just because it probably not only makes me feel more relatable to you guys, it's me being honest and true, but more so that what if I had ignored that? What if I had, instead of slowing me down, because that's the thing with the graduation of physical touch, it's not just the graduation of physical touch for her, it's also for you to make sure that you don't skip gears. At that point, she was ready to pull my cock out then and there. She was ready, but I wasn't. I had to gradually progress myself through the rising of sexual energy. Even though I was already pretty hot, wasn't that hot. I wasn't ready. Still in a public space, there was a big picnic of people about 50 feet away. Uh, she could have easily, but she could have covered. She could have easily just slid her hand down my pants and just started massaging. And that's, that's definitely what was about to happen if I didn't have to slow down the energy just for a little bit just to get myself back together. So, so skip gears. Uh, not skip gears, sorry. Don't want to skip gears. I didn't progress my sexual energy any faster or harder, which would give her the reason to do so herself. Because remember, who's always in control? The one with the most masculine energy. In a typical heterosexual relationship, that's going to be the male. Atypical relationships or nuances, yeah, sometimes the woman has more masculine energy than the male. That's a nuance. I'm still leading. Regardless of that, she's looking for a signal to put her hand down my pants that will let her know that that's okay. As long as I just kept massaging the back of her neck, which is what I was doing, playing with her hair, as long as I didn't increase my sexual flame, she wasn't going to either. She's still following my lead. And that's what you just have to relax into, is that she's never going to do anything that you don't signal for. In the same way that if you're one of my girls listening right now, he's never going to do anything if he's socially calibrated that you don't signal for. When I talked about Kayla before, having to go through her 
uh, bringing her from an ice turtle shell, cold sexual energy up to hot. You guys might not have noticed that, but because you know, God, most of you aren't females listening to this, but the females listening to this, and guys as well, you should be very aware of this, that I never progressed the sexual temperature with her without her signaling for it. It was always just the next best thing. When I t- touch, touched her foot with my foot, with Kayla, I only progressed it when I saw her push back. She signaled for more. So that's when I clamped both feet on. When I went to bear hug, I when she didn't fully release into the bear hug like Anna did, right? And her hands on the heart, I tensed once to see if that she would respond. She did. So I went harder. I was only ever progressing based on her signal. And that's what the leader is always looking for. It's always just the leader looking for signal. And so stepping it through in which that gears don't get stepped, don't get skipped, gears don't get skipped, and you both reach the same temperature at the at and meet each other at the sweet spot of the same temperature. Not necessarily the same time, I was about to say, because sometimes people get there faster than the other. Like me with Kayla, I got there faster than Kayla did. With Anna, Anna got there faster than I did. So, and that's rare. That's fucking rare that a girl gets to sexual temperature before I do. But this is this girl was operating on a different level. Maybe it's just because she's had, she's had kids and she's a MILF, yet she's younger than me. It's crazy. You'd never know as well, by the way, based on how tight her vagina was, based on how tight her pussy was, which because of the pussy eggs, which she was telling me about later. Uh, fucking pussy eggs. Uh, <laughs> so let me get the lesson back between the two. Well, yeah. I gave you two first date examples, one of a nice turtle shell girl nature in which that she had to be Progress through the art, through the EVT, the three keys to sexual spark, which is eyes, vocals, touch. Make sure they all get checked in. Don't give up until the sun goes down, basically. Until you realize that we've just had enough time here, it's not going to progress. But give it a lot of time. Give it a lot of time. Next best step, always going very slowly. Gradually, if you're with a firebird and she's too far ahead of you, or if she's too far ahead of herself, which I didn't discuss, Vana, because she wasn't, but some girls are so far ahead of themselves because of their expectations of what they think's expected on them that they push the sexual temperature even when they're not comfortable. It's a common thing. Girls that, a girl that thinks that, oh, this guy needs me to do this. This guy wants me to do this. Oh, I've got to be this sexual with him this fast on because otherwise he's not going to be interested in me. You know, she's pushing her own revs. She's skipping her own gears. And when you recognize a girl's doing that, slow it down. Slow it down for her benefit. You don't need it. You just gradual it up. Gradual it up. And then when we piece out from that uh, and you learn how to do that, you find that you both reach sync and temperature at the same time. And that's all we're looking for. Is that all I wanted to say? Is that all? There's a couple of comments in the chat and then we can get to open Q&A after this if there are any open Qs. Otherwise, we'll piece out from there. We've been almost gone for four hours. So a reasonable sesh. Reasonable. Okay. Jay New comes in saying, in quotes, Jay knew died several times during that story. I closed my eyes and went out of body for a few good minutes listening to you. Ah, that's beautiful, Jay. That's beautiful. Hell yeah, man. That's uh, that's good, man. That means you're really attuned in it. That's really beautiful, actually. I don't think I've ever had anyone in the social Q&A ever resound that. That you were so tapped into the story and what was going on that you just literally closed your eyes and just try to visualize and put yourself into it. That's awesome, man. 
Nick, aka Mr. Zoo, comes in saying, there was two wed- there was two weddings in that garden that day and no one saw you. That's a win. <laughs> Dude, I had we were wondering because even when we finished even when we finished up at the garden, there were still wedding people there. So there must have been two weddings because those the they were there from the moment them from the moment she pulled my pants down and opened my pants up. From to the time that we finally finished five several hours later and got up, the wedding people were still there. So yeah, there must have been two weddings. That's dope. Where were you in the garden, Nick? Why didn't I see you in the garden? You guys must have gone to a completely different area. Probably a good thing though. Probably a good thing. <laughs> Can you imagine, Nick, if you had been the one? <laughs> if you had been the one? Imagine if Nick had been the one to walk by us. While all of this was going down, and he was the one that caught us, no one caught us in the end. At least that we know of, they didn't put us on Snapchat or Instagram. But no one at least came up to us to interrupt the sexual adventure. It would have been amazing, Nick, if you were the one who just stumbled. You're like, you just like walked down the dirt path. You're like, Adam, <laughs> what are you doing, Adam? I'm like, what do you think I'm doing, Nick? Get out of here. <laughs> that would have been dope. Oh, that would have been so funny, man. Oh, shit. T because it's a got to peace out now. Cheers, everyone. Hey, have a good day, D. T, have a good T, initial D and T. Uh, Justin comes in saying, it's 6.14 in the morning in Germany, and I spend the whole night hearing your story and advice. I don't regret it all with the love heart. Oh, Justin. Justin, it's great that you were here for such a, such a time, for such a long amount of time, and I know that you've got to be wiped. You've got to be absolutely wiped, so I really appreciate that, man, and I hope that you got something from it as well. So, my friends, that's going to wrap it up here on Hot versus Cold Sexual Energy. Let's just get a summary before I do open up the Q- open Q&A, if there are any open cues, which is a time where you guys can ask any questions on human right interaction, dating, love, social dynamics, whatever you want. I can get it then. Super chat options available if you want to donate to the channel. Get your question bumped to the top, and uh, I'll give more time to it, depending on the questions, depending on how many we have. So... I mean, I always give more time to Super Chats anyway, but just in general, how much time we have to Q&A. So the summary here, when it comes to hot versus cold sexual energy, it's a clickbait title because it's not really versus. It's just the spectrum of sexual energy. On the far end, zero being the ice turtle of all ice turtles, cold sexual energy, it's distant, it's closed off, it's hesitant. And then it gradually gets warmer from there. It's like a zero to three. Four to seven in the mid-range is going to be your average cat, kind of lukewarm. You feel a little bit of it. But then you get on the high end from eight to 10 being a firebird in which that it's very wild, very open, very free, letting go, not restricted and open to the possibilities. That's the scale. That's the spectrum. We've been through that. What else have we been through? We've been through how to create the sexual spark. If you're someone who feels like you struggle to create sexual spark in interactions or even just test if there is even any sexual interaction, you're likely not doing one of the three keys, either eyes, vocal, or touch, the EVT. If you're not doing any of those three, then you're definitely going to be missing out on a test and a signal for sexual attraction. And it's actually a prerequisite that you do all three of them to get a sync in sexual attraction. You can still have sex without all three being there, but it's never going to be prime. It's never going to be optimal. It's never going to be what we want. What you want before full sexual connection in terms of penetration is to have eyes connected, vocals connected, and touch connected. All done on a gradual step. All done from such a low, gentle place, just as touching, bumping hands, bumping hands, bumping feet, arms around the shoulder, playing with hair. That's where it all begins, and it can always go up from there. 
And I gave you so many examples of how you can use, how we go into the eyes, how we go into deepen our vocals, slowing the pace, et cetera, et cetera. Or if you're a girl, uh, sultry, gentle, softer with the voice, more sensual with the voice with a female, certainly more deeper with a male, slower with the male. And then with the touch, yeah, just going from, uh, going from a place that just reads the person in front of them, not giving up. Don't give up on people that are colder in sexual energy. Give them time. Give them a couple hours. See what happens. See if you can connect. In the event that they don't connect, it's okay. You guys, she just, she or he just wasn't ready in that moment. Doesn't mean that you can't see them again. I would, I would have to ask questions if you go out on more than three or four dates and they still won't connect all three at a bare minimum level. Then there's definitely some issues going on with that person. But for the first three dates, you know, what I gave you guys today in Kayla's story was tremendous progression for a girl that was so cold to begin with, but then ended so hot. But it still only ended at the bear hugging and the essential talking. We still didn't kiss or anything. I gave you the complete opposite with Anna, in which that started hot and only got hotter. It was ridiculous. It's something that I've I haven't I, I've had sex in public before, but those that was with girlfriends. It certainly was not on a first date. It certainly was not on a first date. Uh, okay, I've had a couple random one-night stands that were in public bathrooms, but so it's not a day, but it's you know, but it's it was a flash moment. It wasn't. It wasn't, and also it was inside a building. It wasn't in an open public area where everyone can see. <laughs> you know, it's like it was definitely a one-of-a-kind experience that I have never done before. And I'm so grateful to Anna for that, and we shall definitely get it again. And when we get round two, I will update you guys. I would definitely update you guys. Uh, Anna, you're a, you're a beautiful, beautiful woman. Beautiful woman for sure. So thank you for the experience. I am most grateful. Hontani Kanchesta. It's Motaeni. Forever and always. I will be telling that story for a long time. It's just that a lot of the times I can't tell those stories until I've had months past. But... Because of who Anna is, she, I think she'll probably listen to this. She's either listening to this now or not probably probably in post because she's probably at work right now. But she, I think she'll really enjoy listening to how I described our experience. Yeah. So, my friends, that's it. We're going to get to open Q&A. That's done for the featured part of the podcast. Going to get to open Q&A now. If you guys have any questions in the world of human interaction, social dynamics, dating, love, relationships, anything that's going on in your own lives, feel free to ask questions in the chat now. By the way, if you did enjoy this content, you got anything from it, please drop a thumbs up on the video down below. And if you're listening to this in post on podcast land, please drop some comments as well with your big bigs, big learns, big takeaways. And it uh, looks like we've got our first super chat. So I'm going to roll into that first super chat. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty dope one as well. And just read some of the other comments and then we'll get out of here. Okay. <laughs> Penguin came in saying, oh, what if the wedding photos have you two in the back? Dude, that's what we said to each other. We actually said that to each other. It's like, we wouldn't be surprised if one, when the photographer is editing the photo, she's like, hang on, hang on. It's like, is that guy, so, is she sucking his dick? <laughs> and he just keeps a copy for himself. I'm sure he keeps a copy for himself. Or what if he didn't even notice and he actually printed the professional photos with us in the background one day, 10 years later, they're just sitting back with the kids and the kids like notice. They're like, mom, what's going on in the background of this wedding photo? <laughs> we, we thought about that already my man Nick had come in next saying Mr. Zoo coming in saying I was eating hot chips in the cafe <laughs> saying with a laugh face saying oh, that's even better than <laughs> yes 
<laughs> Nick, I haven't even finished what you're saying, but <laughs> it's just the juxtaposition. It's the contrast. It's like, <laughs> the reason why I asked, I was like, I'm like, Nick, where were you during all of this? Because Nick was on a date in the same garden while I was in my day, in the same garden, doing this down by the wedding. I'm like, where the hell was Nick in all of this? Nick comes in saying, I was eating hot chips in the cafe. <laughs> it's like, so while Nick is eating hot chips in the cafe, having a great time with his girl, <laughs> just imagine, and I'm just down there in the garden, just getting my jeans ripped off. It's like, could you imagine having two side-by-side cameras, Nick? That would be hilarious. Oh my gosh. Just for like... Because what Nick is doing is normal. What I was doing was definitely not normal. It's fucking brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. Just to think that. <laughs> just while I'm just while I'm bringing you to orgasm, rubbing your clit out. At the same time, Nick's just like, okay, so tell me about tell me about your relationship with your parents. <laughs> I can just see the cameras going back and forward. It would be so good to see as like a, a short film. <laughs> Also, the way you phrase it, Nick. I was eating hot chips at the cafe. (laughs) Ah, shit. Okay. So he said he was eating hot chips in the cafe while this was all going on. He's saying he got a kiss from her after, though, but I was where the massive lake is, so nothing enclosed around us. That's why. Thank God I wasn't the person who caught you. You should have been, though. If anyone was going to catch us, it should have been you, Nick. But hey, dude, hang on, hang on. I'm not sure what you're saying... Nothing enclosed around us, that's why. Are you saying that because you didn't kiss her during the date? It only came afterwards? Hey, listen, like I said, well, you weren't here from the beginning, but this is a key principle is that you just match you match the level of sexual energy. If she's not ready for anything more than a kiss, then she's not ready. It's not like you... Unless you made a mistake within the day in which that you knew she was ready for more and you didn't push it, then I see what you're saying. But otherwise, if you're managing the sexual pace correctly... Uh, you just go with what each is ready for. You know, you're just going along step, shifting gears at the same time with her. Mm-hmm. You don't need to judge your experience based off of mine, is what I'm saying. Mine was some hectic, ridiculous animal shit that even, uh, it was the first time for me on that level. It's, it was still, it was crazy. It was insane. Okay. Jay New then comes in with the Nandon 99 US Super Chat replacing t- Jay News picking up the ball because normally T drops the first super chat with the smoke weed every day emoji with those shit hot sunglasses. Jay New has grabbed that one saying that this is one for the ages. Definitely going back to this one again and again. Jay, if, if you would like, just like I did with the mansion story, I could cut up, I could cut up sex in the Botanic Gardens. I could, I could say, I could cut up this the part of the podcast that describes my experience of honor. If you want that, just let me know. I might do it anyway, but just let me know. It's it's a bit of work, but I can still I can do it if you guys want me to. Ah, uh, here we go. So Jenny would said, yeah, we was nine dollar ninety nine super chat saying this is one for the ages. Definitely going back to this one again and again. So I'm definitely going to have you explain. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny says, so I'm definitely going to have you explain pussy eggs. <laughs> but, uh, but on a more personal note, I've been transitioning out of the more free and fluid student lifestyle into the more structured and tightly scheduled professional life. More tightly scheduled professional life. Sorry, I was broken up in the chat there. I, I just got hired for an eight to five. 
What's your advice on reworking social dynamics into my life, supposing it's important, does not diminish in priority? Supposing it's important, does not diminish in priority. Okay. I found it much easier to balance with my health, social life, and school, but I'd rather not put it on the back burner now. Although I've had to these last two weeks, I've had to put social dynamics on the back burner for the last two weeks is what he's saying. Like it was raining and blowing a storm in New York City today, but I had done no sets in two weeks, so I was just riding the subway around and doing sets in the stations all. I uh, have yet to break them down as well, but that's happening right after this. Good. Good, Jay. I'm going to break them down. Okay. So in terms of lifestyle balance, Jay, uh, if you were one of my clients, this is exactly what I would address is that learning of social dynamics should not take your entire life. It should not take your entire life. It should not take your entire life to achieve, nor should it take up your entire life. Does that make sense? Learning social dynamics should not take your entire life, which speaks to the duration, which means if you do it right, it should be, you should be able to go from unconsciously incompetent to conscious competent, which means from 12 on the clock face, 12 on the clock face to somewhere between six to nine, conscious competence. The minimum standard for social dynamics of all human beings is conscious competence. What does that mean? That you are aware and that you know what you're doing and that you're good at it. You're aware and you're good at it. You know what it means to do open qualification investment clothes. You know how to handle a cold interaction in basically any environment. You're not perfect at it. It's not perfect and it's not even unconscious, but it's just that I know what I need to do and I can do it. Might not be the best, but I know what I need to do and I can do it. That is the minimum standard. And that lies, that starts at 6 p.m., 6 on the clock face, and goes up to, to 9 o'clock. And there's, some, there's obviously degree of expertise within conscious competence, which means wherever you are in that stage. However, so Jay, what I'm saying is that, but you can go, anyone, no matter how hard case you are, can go from unconscious competence, sorry, unconscious incompetence, which means you don't know what you're doing, you don't know how bad you are, and you don't even know. It's like you suck and you don't even know how much you suck. You don't even know what you suck at. That's you at the beginning of your journey. You can go from that into the conscious competence I just described in 10 years and under. I've never seen a someone so hard case that would need more than 10 years to make that journey. I've seen some guys that need five to seven years, maybe one guy that needs 10, probably one guy that needs 10, which is why how I can give you the number 10. But I've never seen anyone that is going to need from 20 years old to 30 to make more, more than that to make their transition. So what that means, why I said that, Jay, is because learning social dynamics should not take your entire life. 10 years maximum, 10 years maximum to get into conscious competence. At the same time, Jenu, it should not take up your entire life, which means that if you're doing social dynamics correct, it should be highly structured and should be targeted. What's the mistake that most people make in their journeys of social dynamics? They go too slow and too long. Too slow and too long. They act as if they have their entire life to get it handled. They act as if I can do this anytime. So they do a set here and there, go out once every second week, go out once every week. And with that process and with that mentality, it will take their entire life if they ever get there in the end anyway, which most likely not with that mentality. But it will certainly take at least a lifetime with that mindset. So that's too long, too slow, too slow and misguided in that sense. Too slow and misguided. What that means is that they don't structure it. There's no structure. It's not targeted. What we need is something that is extremely focused. Too slow. Slow to me is unfocused. If you're doing social dynamics slow, which is the one set here and there, 
that's unfocused. You need it hard and fast in bursts, in action blocks, in challenges. This is what I do with all my clients. I've got many of them on right now and experiencing tremendous growth. Tremendous growth across every several countries, several different continents and many different countries across the world that are on always start with a 30-day challenge as an analysis. That's what the 30-day challenge does. Helps you analyze where you are in your current social dynamics. It's purely an analysis. It's an analysis tool. It's not used to develop social skills while you might. It's used to analyze what you need to then target in action blocks throughout the rest of the year. So 30-day challenge is done first, two weeks break after that, then action blocks, which are no longer than four weeks, but it's not back-to-back every day for four weeks. It's maximum three days back-to-back, but intense within those three days. You could have nights interspersed, but if we're separating between day and night, you do three days on, three nights on in a week, that's fine, but it's never going to be six days of the week or six nights of the week. Three at the max, back-to-back, so you could choose a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or you could do a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or a Sunday, Monday, whatever, three, just three days back, depending on your city. But in those action blocks, they're targeted four weeks maximum. So for example, one of my clients right now is, and don't worry, Jay, I'm, 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 this is a super chat, so I'm covering foundations, but I'll make it more targeted to, your, to when shit gets in the way in terms of your job. But don't worry, I haven't lost the plot. This is all found groundwork for it. One of my clients right now, he's on that, several of my clients right now are on, they are in their four-week action blocks where they're focused on certain skills. One of them's focused on sexual spark and qualification. One of them's focused on slowing down, breathing, being present. There's several things that are being targeted often at the same time, but targeted nonetheless. But I'm going to spend four weeks on this, and it's going to be three days within that week per week for four weeks. You fail if you break that. So if you do three weeks in a row of three days back to back, but then on the fourth week, you, you did two days and then took a day off and then did the next day. doesn't count. All right. We're also training uh, mental and personal integrity that you stay true to your word always. You do what you say you'll do. This is not just about uh, allowing you to stay as a boy, but it stays. it allows you to not only transition into a man, that you stay true to your word. If you say you're going to do something, do it right. Okay. Because by the way, the reason why on a tactical level is that three days, three sessions a week of going out in the day, doing 10 interactions in those sessions at a minimum, that's not enough to learn. That's definitely not enough to learn. But if you put those three days back to back, that is enough to learn. Three days back to back of 10 interactions in a row each day, that's 30 interactions back to back. You get a really nice compounded effect of that. Do that four weeks in a row, you're going to learn. If you're targeting certain skills, you're going to learn. But if you just do three days on a whim, do Monday, Thursday, and then Sunday, and they're interspersed with breaks, then it's like pissing in the wind. I'd rather you just not do it at all, right? This one I'm talking about, when you, do, when you learn social dynamics, it must be targeted, focused, aggressive, structured. It must be done in a way in which that you don't have all your life to get this done. So invest your time and energy in getting it handled now, but do it in a way that is not going to take up your entire life. That's why it's only three days, but it is three days back to back. Or if you're doing night, three nights back to back. You could do three days and three nights back to back. That's fine. It's pretty intense, but you could. For some, I have recommended it, depending on where you're at, what you want to learn. Anyways, now, Jay, hopefully you understand uh, the foundations of my philosophy towards learning social dynamics. Now, let's throw in the spanner that you throwed me of you've transitioned into work life now, from free living student life to the, the work eight to five, you said. 
And was there a specific question that I just make sure I don't want to miss? He said, I found it so much easier to balance my health, social life, and school, but I'd rather not put on the back burner because I had to do the last two weeks. I'm sure you had a question. I'm sure the question was there. Oh, yeah. You said, what's your advice on reworking social dynamics into my life, supposing it's important, does not diminish my priority? So you can probably already formulate your own answer from there, Jay, which is this. The way that you rework social dynamics into your life is that you don't. Social dynamics, the learning of social dynamics should never be a daily concern for you. It should never be a daily activity for you. It should only be a targeted exercise for moments in your life that will, when you're in it, be a day-to-day thing, but it was never intended to last that way. That's, where most, that's why most people fail. They give up because you can't maintain that. It's, it's, uh, it kills you. To not because you're what that essentially means is that you're not being focused on goals and measuring and being targeted and progressing. And it's like, so you get just down on yourself because you're not progressing. You don't want to end up like that. What you want to do, it is getting dark in here. Give me a sec. What you want to do is to, now that you're going into a work life, work life schedule and that's how it's going on, it's your time's getting a little bit more uh, taken up by other things. What you need to do is sit down with yourself and say, okay, Adam said I need to get structured, need to get focused about it. What do I need to learn? That's the first thing I would start with you if you're doing a session with me. Is I say, what is my intent? What is my goals? What is my reasons? What do I need to achieve? Why do I need to achieve them? I would start with all those, get the groundwork, my foundations, get all that out into a journal. From there, look at the reasons for and why, and then look at, okay, now, where am I at in terms of my social skill set? Am I consciously competent? It's very easy. Am I consciously competent? What does that mean? In eight, to be consciously competent, you must in eight out of 10 interactions with girls that you are genuinely attracted to, you must be able to carry the interaction from open to close. You don't have to be great at it. You don't have to be the best at it, but you must be able to carry through open qualification investment close eight out of 10 times to be able to call yourself consciously competent with a member of the opposite gender that you are attracted to. Eight out of 10 times, that's consciously competent. Of course, with the nuance of as long as their 50s there, as long as they're connecting, of course, there's all the nuances there. Like, I'm not talking about people that are logistically, emotionally, or romantically unavailable and the interaction ends in 15 seconds. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when it's when you're both connected, you're both there. Let's see what you, what you do with your skill set when given an opportunity to. Can you do open qualification investment close? And eight out of 10 times in which that is successful. How do we know it's successful? That... The girl lingered. She had the linger effect. She wanted to get out on the next date. It led to a day two. That is a successful cold interaction that leads to a day two. It's not successful. It doesn't lead to a day two. Not always unsuccessful because of you, though. There can be other things that go on on her end, even if you did do the best interaction you can. But generally speaking, that's a nuance. Generally speaking, you have a successful cold interaction. There should be a day two on the end of it, barring any... Specific special circumstances, travel, distance, time, etc. Some weird shit. Dog died. You know. You know. Life. <laughs> okay. Notice I said eight out of ten times, not ten out of ten. Even when you become unconsciously competent, it's still not ten out of ten. It's still eight out of ten.
doesn't normally get that dark in here. It's because daylight savings. We just hear daylight savings and now the sun's gone down. It's only like two o'clock and the sun's already going down. Oh my gosh. Okay, Jay. So that's what you're going to do, Jay. You're going to get your reasons. You're going to get your intent for why I want to work on my social dynamics. Then you're going to get an accurate description of where am I actually at in terms of my skill set. You're going to need to do a lot of recordings to work that out. And to be honest, you're never really going to know for sure until you have a coach break it down. It doesn't even have to be me. Go to someone that you trust, but you're never, not even just speaking to you now, Jay, but you're never going to be able to objectively break down where you are at in terms of your social dynamics. The best guide I can give you without is the eight out of 10. The eight out of 10 I just gave you, that's the best guide. But even then, uh, most people most people can can blur the lines. They blur the lines and they give themselves more points than they actually deserve. So you're going to need to get third perspective at some point if you want to confirm that, if you wanted to confirm that and you want it to be accurate. Past that point, once you know where you're at and once you know where you want to do it, then you can just design the action game plan. If you're below conscious competence, well, then you need to go really hard in the action blocks, doing consecutive action blocks back to back, targeting your certain sticking points. If you're not in, if you're not in conscious incompetence or anywhere below six and you're above six, then it's purely about how much do I want to grow? How much do I want to learn? Once someone enters conscious competence, they're done. You're done with learning social skills to the minimum degree. It's only fruit past that point. And when I say fruit, it's only fruit of your own skills, not fruit of getting other people. It's only adding to your skills from that point. Everyone must reach the minimum standard of conscious competence, but past that point, whether you reach seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, or finally 12, doesn't really matter. It's just extra mangoes. It's just extra peaches rolling down your hill that just build up your skill set, not women, skill set, skill. So it doesn't really matter because if you're consciously competent, which means that you can handle an interaction from start to beginning in basically any environment, airport, cafe, library, uni, careful the uni but actually no uni as well because if you're consciously competent you should know how to be indirect of direct energy in a highly pressured situation that's conscious competence if you can do all that then there's no need to really chase anymore any more than that would just purely be the love for improving yourself any more than conscious competence at a minimum is purely just the love which is why i pushed it all the way 12 to 12 to be unconsciously competent just because I love the process of self-cultivation, just because I realized the power of it and how I wanted to spend my life helping others go through this. So, of course, I'm going to ride the journey out to the end, ride the skill set journey out to the end, I should say. But it doesn't, it's not like you don't, it's not like uh, you have to be unconsciously competent. Absolutely not. Okay. So, Jay then come up saying, yeah, I've been eyeing up that nine plus for some time now since... I'm at least a six outside of casual relationships, but I find a lot of meaning and purpose in swinging the hammer of cold human interaction. So Jay's saying that he thinks he's just entered conscious competence and he wants to get into unconscious competence. So Jay, if you're teetering on conscious competence, I would do an action block. I would do just to solidify the fact, which means that I'm going to do four weeks, three days back to back, 10 interactions, direct minimum, all recorded, all broken down, all journaled out see what my issues are, work on those issues, because you'll find out. You do a four-week action block action block like that, you'll find out if you are consciously competent or not. Absolutely. And then past that point, you can decide if you just want to add more mangoes. Just get higher up on the mountain, You know, keep collecting mangoes on your way up, 
and get to unconscious competence if you want to get there. But just make sure that you're solid on being consciously confident. You know, some people, they do a lot of work. They kind of teeter on conscious competence, you know, just when they feel like, yeah, they're starting to get on some dates. They're starting to, you know, close a few interactions down, but then they rest. That's where a lot of people fail. It's like, I'd much rather you just put in an extra half a year of work to solidify that I'm consciously competent. That no, it's it's for sure. Eight out of 10 times, barring any random specific weird scenario happening, I can handle an interaction. I can close it out successfully. No problem. I would much rather you just go to sleep with that piece. You know what I'm saying? So Jay Neward then also come and saying, night game is mostly inaccessible in New York City, but should be able to once restrictions ease. Ah, that's painful, man. It's painful. You guys should be free. You guys should be free. So do the best that you can though. As painful as that is, do the best that you can. Don't put your life on hold because society is in a bad way, right? Forget about society. You do you, Jay. You do you. So Jay, I thank you so much for that $9.99 super chat, which is why I went super in depth with it. Fuck, this has been a long, long session. Not super long, but very emotional, which makes it feel longer to me because I talked about two dates that were personal to me because I was in them. So I have to relive them. Like during that honest story, I had a semi-hard erection during a lot of that. Just reliving her, pulling my pants off and oh, opening it all up and going down on me, etc. Mm-hmm. I was in it. So of course I'm going to, I'm sure some of you got sexually aroused during that. It was a very sexually explicit story. Fuck, I wish I could have listened to that story when I was 16. That's the story I needed to hear when I was 16. I'm like, holy shit. I can't wait to go back and listen to it. Because like I said, that was the first time I've broken it down in full. This That only happened two days ago, that story. Ravana. Fucking hectic. Hectic. Uh, we've also got AA6HP and... Uh, I don't know who that is, just saying greetings from Greece. Uh, thank you very much, AA6. By the way, I like that you have a profile picture, but could you please make it a face of you or at least an avatar looking similar to you? It's a horse on a beach. doesn't give me a lot. All right, my friends, I think there was one other question, which I'll just answer really quickly because it's for Justin, who stayed up all night long. So I'm definitely going to answer this for you, Justin. Justin had put in a question about the books. Where is it, Justin. Yeah, Justin wanted some book recommendations. Earlier on in the podcast, he said he'd been going through my Books of Wisdom, which is on boldojo.com, B-O-W-L dojo.com, D-O-J-O.com. In the Resources of Wisdom, there's a section called the Books of Wisdom, which is just a collection of all the books that I've gained the most wisdom from. And Justin said he's bought almost all of them. Uh, So I haven't updated it in a while. So... Justin, I'll give you two recommendations off the bat that are definitely not on the Books of Wisdom list because I haven't updated in a while. I'll give you this one. Ah, uh, I've got to get the name of the author. It's, it, actually, it's actually in the other room, but let me just, I don't want to mess up the author's name. Hang on. The name of the book is Siddhartha. Siddhartha, I just got to remember the name of, by Herman Hesse. That's right, Herman. So, Justin, this is the first book recommendation for you. It is Siddhartha by Herman Hesse. That's spelled H-E-R-M-A-N-N-H-E-S-S-E. Siddhartha. It's a it's a story about it's a fix it's a, it's fictional, but it's a story about a couple of sages in training meeting the Buddha for the first time. It's it's really good. It's very short, but it's very good. So it's a classic. It's definitely a classic. One of my mates gave it to me for my birthday last year. So go ahead and check that one out. That'll blow your mind. Siddhartha by Herman Hesse. Definitely a book of wisdom. 
that I should have an up there. I'll update it soon. And then what's another one? Another one that's not in there is Jocko Willink's Jocko Willing's book. It's something responsibility. Is it total total responsibility? Total ownership. Total ownership by Jocko Willink. If you haven't read that, extreme ownership. Extreme ownership by Jocko Willink. Also another book of wisdom I read. It was a while ago now. Uh, by Jocko Willink. That one's also a very good one. Ex US Navy SEAL captain hit up the the Bruiser team in Iraq and Ramadi. It's an incredible book. But it goes into a lot of leadership principles in that one. So I give you those two recommendations, Justin. Siddhartha by Herman Hesse and to, uh, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. Those are the two I recommend for you if you haven't read them already. And Justin, because you're in Germany, you stayed up until 6 bloody a.m. to watch this entire session. Uh, that's, I'm really grateful for that. No matter, no matter where you are, guys, if you stay up and you, you dive in and you engage. And I'll close out the session with this. Uh, today was very different. Today was a was flashing back to the old school Bulldozer podcasts. In which that, I'm not sure why, I'm not sure why, but at the beginning of the podcast, the live chat was just extremely slow and extremely dry. I, th- I can't even remember the last time a live chat. I don't think it's ever really been as bad as it was today. It was just, there was no one was, people were talking, but it was taking you so long. Except Jay New was the only one who was responding in really in reasonable time. But even Jay was taking a little bit of time, like longer than Jay normally would. But so that's why I had to change change course. It's like I'm not going to allow a podcast that has so much that has so much potential for value to get derailed just because the live class is not engaged in it. So, so my friends, it's like uh, something I just want to say here at the end is I do these live nowadays, and we don't. The reason why I don't do the Bulldozer podcast anymore the way it used to be is because of the engagement is because of the live class, is because of you guys coming in and uh, answering questions and learning through it. But to be honest, the live class part of it, even though it makes it so much more engaging for us when we're live, it's not, it's not integral to the podcast. This podcast had 90-something episodes before it was ever live. And people got just as much value from it then as they do now. And so I'm always uh, aware of that. And so if for some reason, if we get a couple repeats of what this is like, and I'll be honest with you guys, this is the first time I've seen it like this ever. The last few weeks have been tremendous live Q&As, like really good live engagement. It was just today. And so what I had to do is say, well, I'm not going to waste the podcast on it. I'm going to completely change script and just treat it like a BDP, just go into straight coaching instructing from the beginning, which I normally don't do to the end when we have live class when people are engaged. So listen, I'm going to be attentive to it. This is, it was a bit of a surprise to me that you guys were so dissing, well, there was just not much engagement and it was very slow to begin with. But to be honest, because I had to tell the two date stories, it's almost better that we didn't have much class engagement because when I do tell date stories, I just go through them anyway. I go straight through the experience. So it ended up, the podcast ended up being saved, even though it started off a bit rocky. The ending and yeah, I'll just be honest with it. It was rocky to begin with just because of how slow it was, but I didn't waste too much time in it. We got a lot of lessons towards the end. And uh, I thank you guys. If you, for those particularly in post, if you did get some value from this, please drop a comment in post on the YouTube video or even, yeah, that's most appreciated. It helps the video itself. Uh, Drop a thumbs up as well if you did enjoy it. And 
Always feel free to send me your stories, your questions on Instagram at uitang1, double O-I, tang1, uh, or on balldojo.com. You can send me an email there, B-O-W-L-D-O-J-O.com. I'm going to read out a couple more little finishing comments here, but that's where this session wraps up. So Nick, aka Mr. Zoo, comes in saying, what an episode. And Nick, you only joined in, you joined in at the perfect time. You joined in, I'm not sure how, no, no, you joined in halfway through the Anna story. You didn't even, you weren't even there from the beginning. You go, You should actually go back and listen to the beginning of that story. Also the one, the date that I talked about before that. Uh, because the date with Kayla that I talked about before that was like the girl you were with. She was a nice turtle shell. So you'd definitely get something from that. Uh, Justin Mueller then comes in saying, thanks so much. I can't wait to the next video slash podcast. Oh yeah, this is, Justin, I thank you so much. And we will be back next week, same time. Every season has 12 episodes. This is episode 10 of season six. Two more to, yeah, two more to go. And so same time, 10 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time, Monday. Check the Bowl community post every Saturday or Sunday night, depending on where you are in the world, for the topic and the time zone, conversions, it's all in the Bowl YouTube community post. I put it there every week. Also in the Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter, I, often, I always say what time, when, et cetera, the next session will be. It's always 10 a.m. But my friends, that wraps up Hot versus Cold Sexual Energy. An amazing, actually turned out to be an amazing session in the end. So I thank you so much for your engagement, for being, uh, for being you guys, eh? It's always a time of my life doing this stuff. And I wish you guys the best in your lives. Much peace and much joy. Yes. Thank you very much for making it all the way through this session for your presence and for your attention. If you actually made it to the end, that's that's incredible because these sessions are often minimum two hours. And hey, you're my kind of person. If you got that kind of attention and commitment to your development, shit, <laughs> I get excited by that. So before you run off, let me just hear you with a couple of reminders. If you haven't signed up to the Bowl Sip weekly email, it's free, bowldojo.com. Keep you updated over there. The best place to connect with me outside of these YouTube live sessions and podcasts is actually on Instagram at uitang1, double O-I-Tang-1. You guys can see all the behind the scenes. You can see I post a lot of fitness, health, all the artistic shit. If you watch the story, a lot of the meditations as well that I go through each day and each night. And uh, it's a great place to DM me directly with your personal context to give me feedback on different sessions, different parts of this, etc. So... At Uitang1 on Instagram. I hope to see you there. I'd love to see you there. And of course, if you would like to help support the channel, you can donate directly through boldojo.com underneath the podcast section or at paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui. Anything that you guys donate is always super appreciated. And for those of you that would like to take your development to the very next level and make sure that you're on the right course, doing the right things at the right time, well, one-on-one Skype coaching or the guided meditation internal energy that's all available to you at boldojo.com listen guys the birds outside are going haywire so I better wrap up this outro it's the time of my life getting to go back and forward with you in these live sessions chopping it up getting to really know who you are and so I thank you so much again and I look forward to seeing you in the next session truly wishing you the absolute best in your lives much peace and much joy ciao